Uh, I bet every teacher has been driven to drink, but you might want to wait till you get out of the school. The Virginia <laughs> elementary school teacher in hot water for allegedly boozing inside a classroom. Teresa Folsom was the one officer say was drinking. Alcohol was found in her classroom. She was arrested and placed on suspension. If you're so drunk that it gets deemed a medical emergency, then you are in bad, bad shape. (laughs) And you're in an elementary school. (laughs) Things have gone south. (laughs) Maybe you chose the wrong career. All right, guys, we're going to finger paint today. (laughs) I'm going to lay down. This is social studies. Just paint Andrew Jackson. (laughs) Shut up. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's 6 o'clock at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 11. It's 68 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. A criminal complaint against East Pittsburgh police officer Michael Rosfeld says 17-year-old Antoine Rose didn't fire any shots in a North Braddock drive-by shooting. Detectives believe that surveillance video of that shooting shows 17-year-old Zijuan Hester pulling the trigger from the back seat. Investigators say Rose was shot in the back and face by Rosfeld while running from a traffic stop following the incident. Pittsburgh police say they do plan to charge the motorist who injured two people after driving through a crowd of people protesting that police shooting last week. Officials say they have the license plate number of the car that drove through the crowd outside PNC Park on Friday night. Investigators say one person suffered an ankle injury and another hurt their back. Did you the guys center- did you guys talk about I'm sorry to interrupt you. Did did you guys talk about at all how there was the news basically tweeted out a false story that said that Antoine Rose, uh, there was video footage of him shooting the gun, and no, there was I resin think that came of like, the... I think that came out on, like, Saturday, so, okay. it, I mean, it was, we didn't talk about it. That really. was, like, a pretty huge mistake. Yeah. That they soon corrected, but still, like, how do you get that wrong? The Center for Disease Control and Prevention says farmers are committing suicide at higher rates compared to any other occupational group. The new study shows for the industries of farming, fishing, and forestry, the suicide rate is 84.5 per 100,000. Researchers note, however, the study did not examine states with high numbers of farmers like Iowa. These numbers are in line with other studies to come from the CDC, which show rates of suicide have risen fastest and are the highest in rural areas. Researchers say a major cause for the spike in suicide rates comes from decreasing national farm income, with this year's U.S. Department of Agriculture projections showing incomes will be 35% of what they were in 2013. According to a new study, vitamin supplements are a waste of money. Researchers found some of the most popular vitamin and mineral supplements, like taking vitamin D, calcium, and vitamin C, have zero influence on lowering a person's risk for heart disease, heart attack, stroke, or premature death. Zero. None. At least for those. I mean, (laughs) I don't know. I think calcium is important for for women especially. I thought it it was. I I don't know. I'd take a multivitamin. Yeah. Are those useless as well? Well, Apparently, according to this. Probably. Planters, cheese balls are making a comeback. The Kraft Heinz Company says it's bringing back the popular snack in the blue canister. Company says it's relaunching cheese balls and cheese curls for a limited time starting July 1st. A 2.75 ounce canister of cheese balls will cost a buck ninety nine. Uh, it was a huge snack in the 90s, and the company really says was. fans have been trying to bring it back for 12 years. 
A spokesperson for Planner said after hearing some impassioned pleas, it wanted to give the fans a chance to be reunited with their cheese balls. The Boo Boo family has to be elated about this news. A funny Boo Boo family? Yeah. Remember when she said, I wish I had an extra thumb so I could <laughs> grab more cheese balls. <laughs> Aren't there other cheese balls on the market? Yes, I mean, tons. I, I, you can get but them that, anywhere. But that canister was pretty iconic, I felt like. It's not big enough. It really isn't. I can't imagine that that was uh, economically efficient. It, yeah, I, I mean, considering how much people will eat, you can go to Walmart and get a, like, you know, you always say rain barrel uh, full yeah. of them. You know, you like. <laughs> yeah, same at Costco. A big ass bucket. You get a, a vat. Uh, honey Boo Boo. I, I have so many Honey Boo Boo clips and none of them are the cheese ball ones. She has girl parts. Look, you see yeah, right huh? there? Look. Play her biscuit. It's called a biscuit because it looks like a biscuit. You know, it opens up. And um, oh. <laughs> if you look at a biscuit and if it's cooked right, you know, like a, like a, like Hardee's or something. Like Hardee's. Like a Hardee's biscuit if it's cooked right. Don't forget to always take Mama June's advice on health. My mother has told me in the past that if you fart 12 to 15 times a day, you can lose a lot of weight. So I think I'm going to lose a lot of weight because I'm going to fart a lot. If a person farts <laughs> 12 to 15 times a day, then they're healthy. So I guess my girls are healthy in that respect. You should be proud, Mama. Mm. Let's go in. I don't know. There's a lot of people that are bigger than me. I got 500 chins. I only got about two or three, but I embrace it. My fatness. My mama weighs the most in my family because she's fat. Oh, a simpler time. Uh, what a what a good show. What oh, a yes. wholesome family family show. A simpler time. Uh. Finally, Joe Jackson, the father of an American music dynasty, has died. He had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and hospitalized earlier this month. Joe was dominating and strict and some say outright abusive. Of course, he was the father of Michael and Janet and uh, LaToya, Tito. Jermaine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Joe says he was unfairly portrayed. Give me a break. You got the clip here. Those people that's putting all those things in the movies and and on television, that's how they make their money, by trying to get other people all messed up in the business. I can't stop them, so I guess that kind of work sells. Joe, Joe, you, you can't lie to us, man. We have physical proof. You said your son had a big, flat, shiny nose. And he got so much plastic surgery that he literally shaved his nose off. It fell off. Yeah. Joe. Uh, go ahead, Val. Joe was a steel worker turned boxer who struggled to make it as an R&B guitarist in the early 50s. He turned his attention to his sons who performed in talent shows near Gary, Indiana. Uh, that's uh, their hometown, thanks to a recommendation from Gladys Knight, but credited to Diana Ross. They signed to Motown in 1969 as the Jackson Five. An historic run of hits began at the turn of the decade as they became the first group ever to hit number one with its first four singles. Of course, they ruled retail and airwaves and were credited with selling 10 million records in the first 10 months. Uh, Joe, not a great guy. Uh, unfaithful to his wife, Catherine, if fathered at least one child out of wedlock. By the 90s, he was performing uh, 
his his performing children were all grown and stories of his beating them earlier sprouted, especially with Michael's accusations on Oprah in 1993. Not only did Joe not deny them, he admitted using belts and switches. Catherine stood by him through all the accusations and later said he was a good grandfather. Joe also stood by Michael during his child molestation trial, but was later accused of trying to profit from his son's death. According to TMZ, Joe passed away in the wee hours of Wednesday morning in Las Vegas. He was 89 years old. Speaking about how Joe was as a dad, here's Marlon and Tito Jackson. Everybody likes to say that my father was rough or whatever. No, I think he did things the way he knew how. And everything that he did do, especially for his family, turned out to be a success. How wrong can it be? I mean, when you're living in a town like Gary, Indiana, you have to be a little harder because we were just little boys that could easily slip in the wrong direction. You know, we thought our father was being hard on us, but actually he had a dream. He saw further than we could ever see. Doug Stanhope uh, retweeted a joke about that last night that said Joe Jackson couldn't beat cancer, but if he could have, it would have been a much better singer. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you get your kids to sing in a group. You have to beat them because I can't I can't get my girls through two karaoke songs. You have to beat them. I got to go get the switch. So that means the well, look, the you know, the Wilson's father, Brian Wilson, Dennis Wilson's dad. He was a tyrant. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't know about the Osmond family patriarch. Yeah, I don't know anything about him, really. Well, we, we'll see if good, wholesome parenting ends up with superstars, because this generation is very much opposed to uh, to beating your kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying it like you're not sure it's a good thing. I, well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh-huh. Time, I mean, we, have, will we tell. have the other proof. Sure, right. The other proof is there. Yes. Does it ruin the person? Probably. Yeah. They melt but, their nose off. But and do we all benefit from it? Sure. We may be, we may be spared a few great entertainers going forward. <laughs> Here's uh, the Channel 11 forecast. Uh, clearing skies only in the upper 70s today at 68 at DVE. Rick C back in Studio 815 to talk about his newest, Nebby. Also, Jason Mackey talks about all the moves going on with the Penguins. Stan Saverin will join us at 945. And uh, Tim... Now, we talked yesterday about the fact that just picking up a hobby is a great way to kickstart your happiness. Okay. I don't know Depends why. on the hobby. I would think so, Plucking yeah. Plucking your eyebrows. <laughs> uh, that's a short-lived hobby. Leads mm-hmm. to more unhappiness. <laughs> 75% of us do have at least one hobby we participate in regularly. 25% couldn't think of one single hobby they might be interested in. Mine's called paying the mortgage. I find yeah. that, you know, that's just something that, that, that consumes a lot of my time. <laughs> um, some hobbies they say used to be popular, which I'm going to disagree with this list because a lot of these haven't gone out of the st- of style, but I think a lot of them have come back in style, okay. these hobbies. Model trains. Mm. Not into that. Boring. <laughs> I know yeah. where they're going. You know? <laughs> In a circle. Yeah. Uh, quilting and embroidery. Shoot me. <laughs> I don't know how this is a hobby. Astrology. Give me the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pluck in yeah, the eyebrows. This is, all I got. this is my choices? Fixing up old cars. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's it. All right, I'll take that. Yeah, that's... Yeah. But here's the thing. I don't... Ever since the carburetor went away, I'm done. I'm, yeah. Like, I, like I, I learned on technology that doesn't exist anymore. Everything's fuel injected. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you pick up the hood of your computer. car, it just be like, 
call the guy. There should just be a sign. <laughs> you got to reflash everything. And yeah. I got an old car. My my daily driver is a 1970 Buick Electra 225. Oh, cool. Huge. It's 18 <laughs> oh, feet, awesome. five inches long. Oh, my God. I got three that's garages at my house. It doesn't fit in any of them. <laughs> <laughs> I painted it black cherry metallic. I dropped the suspension, smoked out the windows, and I drive around Santa Monica, California. I play Parliament Funkadelic, and I scare white people. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> There's that car again. <laughs> it is the DVE morning show. Randy Bauman, Bill Crawford, uh, back from his uh, vacation. Did you have a nice little time off there? I Hoss? did. I did. Yeah. I had a great, great time off. Yeah. It was just filled with um, what I like to call proactive procrastination. What's that mean? Uh, that's when you have some writing to do. Yeah. Uh, but instead, you organize the garage. Yeah. No, well. And uh, do some gardening. Yeah. And pretty much uh, rearrange your daughter's room and oh. fix knobs on her dresser that have been broken for a year and a so half. So you do lots of other things yeah. besides what the, you actually needed to do. Every single other thing. Yeah. <laughs> Valerie, are you okay? Well, yeah, why? Because you look like you're dressed to go skiing again. Yes. It mm. is warmer in here today than I thought it was going to be. It was really cold in here. Incredibly in bundled. <laughs> you're so annoyed with the temperature. And it's going to be like, Buddy, isn't I it going to be like I'm just... 90 today? No, not today. Oh. I think 80s tomorrow, but 90s Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Did you get new glasses? No, I just, I have reading glasses on. You have your readers? Yeah. I like them. Thanks. <laughs> Why do you, you seem very nice? unhappy right now? No. Yeah. Take us through that unhappiness. <laughs> Walk us just, through what's happening. Tired. I mean, I have a segment queued, but I would rather talk about that. Nah, just tired. Okay. Well, that makes sense because it's early. <laughs> 648. It's so early. Almost 6.49. God, that was probably the best part of uh, being off for a few days. Sleeping. Just, yeah. Not having to wake up and say stuff. (laughs) (laughs) What time do you normally get up, like, for a work Your alarm goes off. Uh, 4.45. Oh, my God. You're thinking that sounds late. Yeah. What time do you wake up? Uh, My first alarm goes off at 3.20. That's just crazy, Val. I get up about 3.40. Did you move to Washington County? No, but I I'm, get here. I'm here at like 5. I, I'm aware. I'm impressed so. with your schedule and the way that you uh, diligently <laughs> function. Yeah. I don't know how you do it the way you do it. Uh, you know, it's a lot of drinking and crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, dude, there's the name of your memoir. Drinking and crying. Val Porter, drinking and crying. Available at bookstores this Christmas. Imagine that would fly off the shelves. Oh my God. We can get a local country band to come up with a song. It would be great. Perfect coffee table but, book. You know, if it were back in the 70s, they wouldn't give you credit for it. We talked with Rita Coolidge yesterday, who's a rock and roll legend. And I have to replay this one part of the interview because it was late in the show yesterday. But Rita Coolidge got robbed. Robbed. Flat out. Listen to this story with uh, Rita Coolidge, who, of course, was a part of the Mad Dogs and Englishmen tour uh, with Jim Gordon, the drummer, who is now in jail for murder. But back then, he was part of the Wrecking Crew. He was part of the Derek and Domino's team. And listen listen to this. And you are credited with writing the Coda piano theme to, to Layla that, and your uh, then-partner boyfriend, Jim Gordon, uh, took credit for. That's That's exactly right. He did. And... You know, I, I, when it happened, and when when the record came out with my music uh, being played as the piano coda, 
um, you know, I called uh, Robert Stigwood, who was Eric's manager, and and said, there's been a mistake. This is Rita Coolidge. There's been a mistake on the record. My name is not there, and I'm the writer of that music. He said, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Oh. He said, you're a girl. What oh, are you wow. going to do about it? And, uh, you know, they're literally, they, the Stigwood organization was so huge. There was nothing. I, I didn't have the money to fight that. So, And that um, was a song that your sister Priscilla and, and ended up recording that with Booker T, right? They did record it, yes. So there's actual proof of you having written that melody before. Absolutely, yes. That is just such a crazy rock and roll story. You know, you saying Stigwood telling you you're a woman, what are you going to do? That that makes me think, boy, in this age of awareness of sexual harassment that you must have experienced uh, an innumerable amount of hashtag me too moments. I think that was the worst one. There were some. Um, I think that because of, you know, of the way I grew up and the way our parents instilled such strong moral fiber in their children, I didn't put up with much, and, and people knew that about me. So, and I was a good boss. People loved to work for me, and uh, so I didn't get that very much. But if I did, I immediately put people right in their place. Uh, Sticky is the only one that I know of, and he was across the ocean with a Brazilian dollar, so I couldn't really do anything <laughs> with him. But there was a story that Michael Walker told in one of his books about a, a group of managers in, in England hanging Robert Stigwood out of a skyscraper by his ankles out of a window one time because they were just trying, they were trying to get him to admit that he was a horrible person. <laughs> I would have fessed up pretty quick. Right? <laughs> Rita, Rita, Rita Coolidge on the show you there yesterday. So how bizarre is that story? Eric Clapton walks into a studio and Jim Gordon, the drummer, is playing a song that his girlfriend wrote. And Clapton goes, I like that. Let's use it for the end of Layla. And uh, Jim Gordon goes, uh, okay. And he's like, you wrote it, right? Yeah, of course I did. Yeah, yeah, you can have it. How is she not able to sue still? To this day, know, is there a statute of limitations? I don't, on that I'm not sure. Probably. I have no idea. If not, she should be all over that. So. One of the most infamous incidents of it's not plagiarism when you steal music, is it? It's something else. Theft. It's just really, theft, I mean. Val. Just straight up theft. I'm fighting for Rita Coolidge over here. She sounds like a cool chick. No doubt, man. I mean, just a, a like a seventy year old Memphis lady who's been like around the block, seen the whole, it all, a lot, yeah. the many whole, times. The whole time we were talking to her, it just sounded like she had a cocktail. So I'm gonna tell you another thing. Hold on a second, I can get some more ice. <laughs> Sorry, I've been drinking and crying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she could write drinking, a song, crying, <laughs> reading the news. What are you going to be doing up next there, DNC? Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about uh, a guy whose body odor was so bad he caused a flight to take an emergency landing, but there was a unique reason why he smelled so bad. All right, another Yinzer's in the news. Also, Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette talks about the latest Penguins moves in anticipation of the Jack Johnson uh, signing and uh, shoring up things here with uh, Riley Sheehan and getting rid of Connor Sherry. No more. Sorry. We loved you, Sherry. Sherry? Oh, not so much. Sherry! <laughs> Buffalo! 
DVE Sports. All right, Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports this morning on DVE. And Tim, uh, it, it almost played out exactly like we were saying yesterday as the Pens make a bunch of moves in the wake of the Brian Russ signing. Yeah, the roadmap to getting better transpired almost exactly as we predicted Jim Brotherford was going to try to pull off. And mm-hmm. the big thing was finding a partner to make it happen, and he did that. And his former pupil, Jason Botterill, who's now the general manager with the Buffalo Sabres. Sports brought to you by Mattress Firm here on DVE. At 6.30, if you missed the news yesterday, $5.25 million in salary cap room was created by the Pittsburgh Penguins yesterday as Jim Rutherford traded Connor Sherry and Matt Hunwick to the Sabres in exchange for, well, basically nothing, which is exactly what he wanted. Right. As little in return as humanly possible. Yeah. They Getting got rid of that salary. It's right. They just wanted to move money, and in exchange, they got a fourth-round draft choice for the two guys combined as compensation. Who cares? That's fine. They got somebody to take those salaries, which means that they could turn around and now have room for that $3.5 million contract that they used to sign Brian Rust the day before and keep Riley Shea in for one more year at $2.1 million and, and potentially go out and get Jack Johnson as another defenseman. Uh, this is what Jim Rutherford had to say first and foremost yesterday about trading Sherry. Well, he was part of our cup team. You know, he, he was here for two Stanley Cups. He's a good player. Um, this is just part of the system now, you know, with the cap system. It uh, makes it hard to keep all the players. And if you're going to free up cap space, these are the kind of things you have to do. I keep saying, as I wrote in the trip today, that it feels like they want to trade with themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They traded guys for their own guys, is what they did. Uh, well, right, in yeah. dumping that salary. And uh, Connor, of course, <clears throat> really never was the same after he changed the pronunciation of his name back to the yes. original pronunciation. Clearly wow. that undermined his whole career. <laughs> There's no doubt. So he's going back to Shiri, we hope, up in Buffalo. I mean, for it would his be the good. smart move. And they're hoping- Two cups of Shiri. I'm going to miss Shiri. Right. <laughs> Shiri was expendable. <laughs> right. So he's going to probably play with Jack Johnson now. And, you know, honestly, like 20 goals for $3 million for Buffalo, that's probably worth it, whereas here was a point of frustration. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes up there, and all of a sudden the currency is a little bit different. Yeah. Now the big move that comes later in the day is that Jack Johnson apparently has worked out a deal. can't be signed yet until July 1, but Mark Madden on 105.9 The X got a call moments before he went on the air. He got an indication that, believe it or not, it's a five-year deal worth almost $3 million per season. That's a lot. About, That's know, a long time. Yeah, so like $3.2, $3 million per season. He's talking about somewhere in the neighborhood of $16 million. Uh, Dayan Kovacevic from DK Pittsburgh Sports had it for one more year and a little less money, like in the $2.25 million range, which was in essence what Hunwick was making. Either way, it's a big investment in a guy who's coming off the worst season of his career for as much of a name recognition, name value as he has. Right. He's only a little bit like he had one more point than Matt Hunwick last year. You know, what, you don't look so much as points for your last defensive player, but yeah. he did not have a good year. Much like Hunwick, he was scratched throughout the playoffs, but he's, he's only 31. 31. Yeah, there's still upside there. Uh, if you look at it, like, for instance, Trevor Daly, Ron Hainsey, Jamie Alexiak, uh, Justin Schultz were all guys who came here at low moments in their careers and seem to have been resuscitated along the way. Right. And uh, Why does this feel different? Uh, because it's so much more of a long-term investment. Yeah, and the sustained sort of downfall of the career, perhaps, instead of like, well, oh, he had one bad year in Dallas, and then we got him. I mean, uh, like with uh, wasn't that what Daly was before he came here? Yeah, but the difference being that Daly only had one more year after that if it didn't work out. 
Like that's that's the difference. So, You're attaching yourself to this. Yeah. This reclamation project has to work, or else becomes your problem. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. uh, of course, there's that relationship between him and Sidney Crosby. It feels like the Penguins have been trying to get Jack Johnson for 10 years just because he and Sid are friends. Yeah. And that's not what Sid is doing. That's just the force of social media more than anything else. Right. Which is where I found this little nugget from back in the day. This, I, I believe, was a documentary about Jack Johnson and his relationship with Sidney Crosby and how they became friends, mainly on the baseball field, as it turns out, not necessarily even hockey. Sid got up to bat, and this guy, you know, threw right at his head, and you know, I was like, all right, I got up to bat, and he, you know, so I got pretty close to the plate, and, you know, trying to egg him on to do it. Dropped my bat, and I looked at Sid, and he knew what I was doing right away, and you know, caught the pitcher before he got the second base because he turned and ran, and Sid and I were both out there, and it was Sid and I versus everyone else, and. Before he knew it, Sid and I were the only one standing, and our whole team was still on the bench, and their whole team was lying down in the outfield. So there you have <laughs> they it. They beat up a whole baseball <laughs> yes. team? Jack Johnson will beat up your high school baseball players for you if they touch Sidney Crosby. Hey, I, I, I'm all right with this. Hey, Let's, I'm fine with it. Look, if he's going to beat up baseball teams, this is the kind of guy we could use. Uh, I've got that video posted at Trib Live if you want to see it. It's kind of funny. That's a real throwback piece if you want to see Sid back when he was like 17 and a half there. Um, I like but, how nobody had felt the need from their team to go help them. Right. Uh, they're fine. Yeah, they got this. Yeah. They're good. Have you seen Sid's legs? <laughs> Brian Rust on with Mark Madden yesterday. It talks about the process of re-signing for 3.5 with the Pens. Yeah, um, it was a fairly smooth process. Um, we kind of just um, we uh, said what our side wanted. They said what their side wanted, and we came to a conclusion, and it all happened fairly quickly. And they wanted me to be around for a while, and I wanted to be for a while. So um, it was it was a good fit. I think that means roughly translated. They went to the Penguins and said, we want as much as Hagelin. They said, no, we're going to give you what Sheary has. Russ side said no, and they came to $3.5 million. Right. That's what it was. Pretty easy. Uh, baseball, the Pirates were winners last night. They beat the New York Mets at Citibank Ballpark. Final score was 5-3. to three. Pa- uh, Pirates stormed back. They were losing 3 nothing. Then they got themselves five runs over the last two innings. Clint Hurdle on the comeback. We just kept fighting. I mean, these guys fight. They battle, and they hung in there, and... We got really good at bats. We hit the ball hard. We pitched throughout the ninth inning. It was nice to score the run late in the eighth to, to just bust that. And lastly, from the Steelers, Le'Veon Bell keeps teasing everybody. Yesterday, he put up a post on Instagram with a photo of himself running the football in a Steelers uniform once more. Remember, he wasn't doing that for a while. It was just him working out, but in a Steelers uniform mm-hmm. once more with the thinking emoji and simply the word optimistic. It's the second time in 72 hours where Le'Veon Bell has talked about the prospect optimistically of rejoining the Steelers in one way, shape, He's or an form. idiot. Like, <laughs> if if you're his agent, wouldn't you want to just, like, scream at him constantly? Like, we're still bargaining here. He's like, I'm optimistic. So the team's like, all right, we're all right. No, you're But you're then again, the agent might be an idiot for asking for $17 million in yeah. the first place. He had a great deal worked out the first year. Lev... Pulls it off the table at the last second and risks an injury. Doesn't get injured. The gamble pays off. He gets a better deal the next year. And then he just, he says, no, that's not enough now. This is going to bite him in the ass eventually. If you're the Steelers right now, do you want to sign him? No. I, honest to God, don't. I mean, they have put themselves in a position right now where they could lose the best running back in football after this year, even if he has another good year and the fan base would be okay with it. 
Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they could churn him and wild. burn him, and people are on board now because Bell has managed to cut the legs out from underneath his own stance on this is, well, look, I'm the best. They're just not paying me. Some people would have bought that. Very few are now, and I think most people would prefer to see him just run the ball, catch the ball as often as possible yeah. this year, and go. Uh, go go see how good you are in I don't know Tampa. Uh, go see, you know how how good is Le'Veon Bell? Well, Tampa would be fine. Not Cleveland twice a year though. We don't want to see that. No, uh-huh. but go play for a crappy team. You know it it. There's a lot of moving parts that have made Le'Veon Bell great. Well, David Carr would have you believe that only Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown make Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> now, David Carr, of course, uh, not including Ben in his top ten, and then saying that he was only a uh, a guy who who has benefited from his great supporting cast, is one of the dumbest things that David Carr has probably ever said. But it's Just, just ignoring a, all statistics then? You take 72 sacks your rookie year, you take a lot of blows to the head. Yeah. Right? It's just a bad football take. That, it's horrible. That Ben is being propped up. I mean, first of all, there are plenty of other guys the same age as Ben in the NFL. You know, Brady's older than him. And he's doing pretty good. So it's not just age. His stats are crazy. And if you watch Ben manage any number of games over the last couple of years, there's no way his football acumen has slipped. Or is, like, if anything has slipped for Ben Roethlisberger, it's his evasiveness. Right. He is... Uh, Which, by the way, we didn't want him to do anymore. If you go by like the pro football focusy numbers, yeah. um, he's numbers have really declined the, the differentiation between what he does in the pocket when it's clean versus what he's done under pressure that gap has really widened and that never used to be the case with Ben he was always so good right. on the run that sort of thing but at any rate um, the other thing that stood out about that car take was if he's going to use Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown against Ben as logic for why he's not that good why does he have Matt Ryan in there it's number eight with Julio Jones and Devontae Freeman as right. his skill guys but, and, and he puts his brother fourth but Come on, dude. <laughs> he, put, he put Derek fourth. Are you kidding me? Well, it, it was easy to sort of dismiss that entire yeah. thing because nobody else is talking about it except us. Oh, I think I think Steeler fans are, are feeling a little bit of drama fatigue, but this offseason to me has been so crazy. I mean, did you see? Have you seen all the videos that AB has been posting of him with Cam Newton? Yeah, they're like, working what, out together. What is all that? Well, uh, he's he's not going anywhere. No, I, of course not. But all of Charlotte thinks he's going to be a Panther next year. I'm not sure how they're drawing this conclusion. But. I don't know. He put out a video last night uh, on his Instagram praising Le'Veon Bell. I'm not sure if you guys saw that one. That, yeah, well, wasn't that the one that he actually just ripped from the NFL Network interview? Is that, is that yeah, what it is? Play, yeah, I can play that again next hour if you want. It was hilarious. Juice. I mean, we one, always say I, I drink a glass of juice. I'm always in the huddle saying yeah. I love juice. What the Where's hell was juice? that? What? Give us some juice. When did that originally? That was during the NFL Network Top 100 reveal. He was sitting on his couch and he was talking. It looked like he was laying on his back. Yeah. Well, and when Lev got revealed, Lev was actually at a Benny Hanna doing the interview (laughs) over his phone. Here it is. Here it is. We got it right here. Well, Le'Veon Bell's a juice. Uh, You need juice. You know, I drink juice first thing when I get up in the morning, orange juice. And when the game gets sick and it's on the line, I'm in the the other saying, juice, we need you. Juice, you got the bag of oranges? And he's a guy who's affectionate. He's infectious. <laughs> he is infectious. And he always has a bag of oranges. You know what? How <laughs> 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 are they talking about? He uh, he, he might be infectious, <laughs> and I don't know what you have to take to get rid of that infection. But. He put subtitles underneath yes. it in the post last night, uh-huh. and he just put infectious. He didn't put infectious. No, somebody else put infectious. Well, he well, didn't. I don't think I don't AB put- yeah, was... was <laughs> 
was uh, toiling. I had a computer trying to make that happen, but somebody uh, cleaned that up for him. I Did like he say infectious? No, better. no, it says right there. Infectious. Infectious. That's sports. Val, what do you have coming up? Well, I'm going to tell you about a man with severe body odor who caused a flight to make an emergency landing, and there's a unique reason why he smelled so bad. Join us Saturday for DVE Comedy Fest Day 2. Berg. Do you pour the dressing on your salad, or do you dip your lettuce into the dressing? If I'm making it, like if I'm making a salad, uh-huh. I'll dress it. But yeah. if I'm at a restaurant, I always tell them to put it on the side. Like, let's say there's a nice piece of broccoli in the salad or something. I'll look for something that's a good conduit. Then I'll, like, bless the salad with the dressing. Come on. <laughs> Use it to Jackson so Pollock your salad? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Because I want even distribution, but I don't want to just, you know, you pour it right on the whole you thing. You got to right do on. your well, dressing you like that artist it. in The Big Lebowski, where she comes <laughs> flying in on the, on the zip line. <laughs> What was that? Oh, that was Randy with the blue cheese. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Mod comes over with some balsamic from above. <laughs> Do you remember it, it, when you found out dressing had a lot of like fat in it and stuff like that? Uh, there was a brief period of time where I lived gloriously, uh, not thinking that any of that stuff was bad for you. And then remember when they took out the fat and they go, it's reduced fat, half the fat. And then they didn't tell you, twice the sugar. Because fat makes stuff taste good. Right. And fat is actually sometimes good for you. It's like with milk for the longest time. I, I thought, well, you skim milk. You got to use the skim milk because you don't need all that other stuff. Meanwhile, that's where all the good stuff is. You should get the whole milk. The fat, right. How do you skim milk? With one of those pool skimmers? I'm pretty sure. What do you got going over there, Val? Skim milk, though, tastes way better than it used to. It has more sugar in it than the other milk. But it, you Why remember when skim milk... I just remember my dad. All the cows have diabetes? Yes. I think after he had his first heart attack, they told him to drink skim milk and it looked like dishwater. It is. uh, (laughs) It's gray. That's not like that anymore, though. I don't think. think No, that's almond milk now. Almond milk is the biggest waste. First of all, it takes so much water to... For the environment, you mean. Yeah, to grow almonds. And then to put that many in... uh, almond milk it's the same as coffee grounds you're basically just pouring water through crushed up almonds did you know that what do they do with those almonds that's what i'm saying then you get all the residue those extra almonds then what do you do i don't know can you compost it i mean i don't think waste is the problem in terms of like how to get rid of the energy but just yeah the runoff to make it it's just way too much water but then you can't drink soy milk if you're a dude because then you get kind of conomastia you get boobs you get you get Beach teats. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wants those. No. Not even You want to lose weight, not gain a rack. Right. That's the whole point of probably doing that in the first place. So just drink regular whole milk. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you're really conscious about that stuff, you get it without the RBST or whatever. Isn't Wait, it? what's that? Know. Isn't that the hormones that they put in it? Or? See, this is why I don't drink milk. It's I, just too I just confusing. guzzle it. I love anyway, milk. Me too. I grew up on uh, me my, too. My dad drinks it with dinner all the time. Oh, he has yeah. a glass of milk I with love dinner. Still? Milk. Yeah, like he'll have sp- like spaghetti and a big glass of milk. Okay, that kind of goes together. It but does like, actually. Eat, yeah, it does. I drank a chocolate milk yesterday. I don't care. Was it? Do it again? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
I didn't even What'd you cry. Have? Was it was <laughs> drinking and crying? It wasn't like Yoohoo. No, That's I was at like the store. I'm like, water. that looks good. I'm gonna have a chocolate milk. Yeah, they're good for you though. If you like uh, at post workout, that's oh, uh, my kids aren't listening. Chocolate milks are not that bad. There are way worse no. things to indulge in than a chocolate milk. Do you remember how good a chocolate milk tasted when you were a kid coming out of those tiny oh my little cartons? So if, good. On Wednesday, if you got the chocolate milk day, yeah. uh, everybody oh, yeah, looked forward those to Wednesday. Tiny little cartons. Oh yeah, dude. Those were money. Crush two of those, no problem. Now I always deny my kids chocolate milk. I'm like, no, you can't have chocolate milk. Have this Red Bull. That's good. <laughs> Better for you. That's good parenting right yeah. there. What do you got going on, Val? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. 11. It's 68 at DVE. The news is brought to us by Xfinity from Comcast. The labor movement took a major hit yesterday when the conservative-leaning Supreme Court ruled that employees in the public sector who are represented by unions can't be forced to pay union dues. 5-4 decision means millions of public workers will now have the option to no longer pay dues to unions, but the union still has to represent them. Huh. The ruling on the case known as Janus has the potential to severely handicap some of the country's largest and strongest unions. The cornerstone of the Pittsburgh workforce for decades. Mm-hmm. So what is? It, I don't what understand is it, how they can. I don't yeah, understand how, how the union work? can be forced to represent them if they're not paying membership. Yeah, because I'd be doesn't like, that, hey, you don't get represented by us. Sorry, right. this is just this is the first step to completely dissolve unions. That's where this is headed: getting rid of worker representation and worker rights. Frick would love this. Yes, he would. Police in Pittsburgh warning residents about scammers posing as utility workers. Investigators say an elderly Squirrel Hill woman was nearly burglarized as two men claiming to be from the electric company tried to coerce their way into her home. The woman was able to get the men back outside and lock them out. They didn't get anything, but anybody with information is asked to call police. Six figures is low income in San Francisco. The Department of Housing and Urban Development has just revamped income limits in San Francisco, San Mateo, and Marin counties so that a family of four earning $117,400 a year now qualifies as low income. That is uh, pretty insane, but housing prices out there are through the roof. It makes sense if you've ever been out there or just even look. I looked at hotel rooms. I was like, I can't stay anywhere around here. How can people even afford to live there? Buddy of mine has a rent-controlled place there. He's been living in uh-huh. North Beach in San Francisco for, uh, I want to say, 15 years. Granddaddied in. Uh, he still pays like $2,300 a month for which his is still crazy for that's more than most people's area. mortgages which is a and it's a it's an apartment mm-hmm. and it's nice but had he not been grandfathered in double he'd be I'm paying sure sixty thousand dollars a year to rent that's insane. that's just insane yeah i mean it's a nice place it's not that nice <laughs> san francisco no it's just i mean look it's it's cool it's really cool yeah it's very cool it has a cool uh the weather is kind of neat and, and the landscape is is uh is different looking because of the weather i think actually you know the architecture is cool and everything the city's very neat it's uh, you know it's but one of those it's ni- really nice place to visit they've driven all of the stuff out of the city that made it cool in the first place like all the artists and all of the people who were sort of the character of san francisco yeah they can't afford to live there anymore it's a bunch of 
Google programmers who get bust in and out hmm. to work every day. Hmm. Hmm. If you talk to if you talk to Byrne or Gardell or any of those comics that live out in L.A., they're so upset with how much money they have to pay for property taxes uh, and just yeah. to, to live out there. Yeah, the expenses are just. That's why guys are just working like mad to stay busy and relevant and get work because if you California's don't, it's expensive. You're you're done. Yeah, but San Francisco in particular is just out of control. That's got to be the the highest cost of living in the country, right? Is it Marin County that? Maybe- that well, that's yeah, that's. The, this is this is San Francisco, San Mateo, and Marin County. Yeah, New York City, like Manhattan, is still outrageous as well. And I'd have to think DC is up there. I think you reach a certain point with those kind of cities too. With with New York, it was always to me that a lot of the allure of living there and what you were willing to put up with was the badge of honor of being a New Yorker. I live in New York. I live in New York. And you don't really need to be in your apartment or whatever very much unless you have kids or or people to attend to there. Like, you can kind of live in the city and then go back to your closet and sleep. I work in New York. I live in Hoboken. It's really nice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, geez, and now Hoboken, forget about it. Yeah, no, you can't can't live in Hoboken anymore. But uh, I uh, always preferred, like, a, a Pittsburgh kind of city for that very it's, reason i mean you get yeah, the amenities so of a big affordable. city without having to compromise your lifestyle to that right. degree where you're living in a shoebox and or paying through the nose to do it dude my i lived in boston in the early 2000s I had a basement apartment with five other guys and we all paid 550 a month yeah that's that ins- was insane almost 20 years ago now my brother and my brother-in-law and and my sister just moved back. They were looking at two bedroom houses, not even in Boston in a suburb, $750,000. Yeah, that's They just were just like, "Uh, yeah, we're going back to Pittsburgh. Screw this. It's stupid." When I first moved back to Pittsburgh, I had a place on Mount Washington for 500 bucks a month, and it had two bedrooms, it had two huge living rooms, mm-hmm. two bathrooms, like it had a porch. I had a couch in the kitchen. The kitchen was so big. <laughs> like, this is That's awesome. What I'm talking about. 500 bucks? You got it. Researchers at the University of Miami believe they have figured out the exact amount of exercise you need to keep your brain functioning at a high level. In order to keep your brain in tip-top shape, you got to get out there and exercise 52 hours every six months, which is just two hours a week. Oh, well, that seems low just that little bit of exercise ends up boosting your thinking and problem solving abilities of course scientists recommend exercising more than that but it's good to know you get benefits from doing just that little bit uh to go along with that a new study finds being physically fit can successfully combat depression uh, particularly for middle-aged people researchers at the university of texas southwestern medical center in dallas say physical fitness can lower a person's risk of developing depression scientists say being physically fit also can reduce the risk of developing heart disease and dying early the author of the study says depression has a complicated relationship with other major diseases especially for older people i think the two things with depression that have become illuminating in or illuminated rather in the last couple of years has been the tie-in with gut health and exercise mm-hmm. and and that doesn't mean that like oh you'll be 100 percent fine but like it contributes to your wellness are you eating probiotics are you exercising because if you d- aren't doing those things you know the scaries have a way of creeping in right 
And it's not like they don't creep in if you exercise, but you just are physically feel better to deal with it. Yeah, that was the point I was making. Like, it's not, it doesn't cure everything, but it definitely uh, won't contribute. Keeps them uh, from advancing. There you go. This is not something we need. Uh, <laughs> the Air Selfie 2 drone. It uh, helps take uh, people take selfies to a new level. It contains a 12 megapixel camera and flies out as far as 65 feet to get all your pictures from any vantage point. Well, how I'm bad Finally. at distance. How far is 65 feet? It's a, like, a long way. I don't know. I mean, that seems how like a little too far How far is it from here away. to Joe? 30 feet? 30. Yeah. Okay. I think that's 30 feet. <laughs> Well, nobody. God, people who are perception. listening to this don't know what the hell we're talking about. They're not <laughs> How far in the room. How well, far is Joe? They're like, from me? <laughs> I'm in Munhall. Joe is so, so far away from us. Several miles. Now, are we talking metaphorically? Because I feel I feel far from Joe right so now. So far away from me. I feel a, a great distance between uh, us. Yeah, we, that's not something people need. Well, no. no, I think it might be good, though, Val, because there's the potential for those things to just go haywire and smash people in the face with the propellers. <laughs> that is true. So think of all the people who are taking selfies that you like to see something terrible happen to. That The potential for that has just gone up exponentially. Right. If you're using a drone to take a selfie, then you should be smacked in the face. Right, by the drone. Yes. <laughs> I just saw for the first time at, uh, at a county park, no drone flying. Oh, yeah. I just for the first time saw that sign. The I festival I was at sign. this weekend you, you had signs up, no yeah. drones. No drones. No drones. It also said no hacky sack on the grass, which was I thought was... Zip! Wow. Yeah, very rarely do you see that sign. Zip. All right. God, I haven't seen someone play hacky sack in about 30 years. Me neither, and there were people doing it all over the place at that festival <laughs> I was at really? last weekend. Yeah, I haven't seen the hacky sack in forever. I thought it was a joke. I thought they were being ironic. I feel like it. I'd be p- super pumped, and then I'd pull a groin and be like, oh, God, all right, I'm injured, I'm oh, down. Yeah. You'd try to do one kick like you used to do back in the day, and all of a sudden your hip would just like fall <laughs> onto the ground. Like, oh, yeah, I used to be able to uh, kick flip it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> you just bite the dust. But the drone stuff, man, everyone has them. Uh, my neighborhood, uh, one of the kids has them. Uh, his dad was telling me about it. Like He's like, yeah, you got some really cool shots of some of the houses. And he was like giving well. them to the neighbors like, hey, cool. There you go. And I, I look at it more like a warning. Hey, just so you know, here's <laughs> a picture an from above your here. house. And I always feel like there's a pervert listening from behind the nearest tree that's like, oh, you can spy <laughs> on people, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's the new peeping tom drone it really is i mean how that's that's gonna happen it already that's is hap- happening that's happening yeah it already is happening yeah a man who smelled so bad his flight was forced to make an emergency landing has died from tissue necrosis oh, oh god the russian he died tissues first the russian musician was flying last month from the canary islands to the netherlands and passengers on the flight reportedly started vomiting and fainting from the smell so the crew stashed the guy in the bathroom until they could make an emergency landing in portugal it turns out he wasn't didn't just have regular BO. Right. He picked up an infection in the Canary Islands that caused his flesh to rot and decay. Ah! He had reportedly sought help in the Canary Islands, but a doctor said, "Ah, you just picked up a beach infection." Oh God! And he, then they shoved him in the bathroom like mush. <laughs> Get in the bathroom. I don't want this smell. 
That I'm is looking at that face. I worked with somebody who I felt I thought they had that going on, like necrosis. It, it smelled like they're like rotting, rotting flesh. Oh. I thought it was maybe just like a fungal thing, like you had like a like fungal thing on that, your feet. Fungus. Yeah. What's the dermaphrodites? Yeah. The the T.J. Miller voiced cartoon thing. Or no, that's does he a, do that? Wait, he does no, he does snot. the snot. Weren't yeah. there always dermaphrodites down on Liberty Avenue? <laughs> no, see, Back that's so different. I'll explain. That's All different. Right. Uh, I'm, that's one of my fears. Dermaphrodites? No, getting like some <laughs> flesh-eating disease. It's more common sure. now than ever. Apparently down in Florida, a lot of people have been getting the- The brackish water. Yeah, get stay out of the brackish stuff. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, where's the brackish stuff? You know, the fresh and the salt combined. Yeah. You don't want to go there, man. No, no, that's 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 been a breeding ground it. for it. Mm-hmm. You get get it up your nose or something, and where yeah. you have a cut and it gets in it. No, yeah, thanks. and then all of a sudden it's your, in your body your and then arms. it just eats away, and then they can't stop it. Good times. A five foot long boa constrictor is in the hands of animal services officials after it was discovered loose in a rental car that had been returned to Oakland International Airport yesterday afternoon. Rental car company notified the county sheriff's office of the strange discovery and a deputy who had knowledge of boa constrictors, I guess, uh, said the reptile was safe to handle. People who rented the car say they have no idea how the snake got there or how long it was in there, adding that they are willing to adopt it if the rightful owners don't turn up. It's the last time we rent a car to Jake Roberts. (laughs) Tell you that much. Scarlett Johansson shutting down the claim she wants audition to date Tom Cruise for Scientology. Avenger star and former Scientologist Brendan Teague, I'm not sure if that's how you say his name, said on the Megyn Kelly Today Show yesterday, she was in a group of women who tried out to be with the actor after his 2001 split from Nicole Kidman. Johansson told The Hollywood Reporter she refuses to let anyone say she does not have the integrity to pick her own relationships and finds the idea idea of auditioning for one demeaning. The idea is so funny to me. It seems like it, it would be like, you know, that really clueless friend that you had growing up that's like i'm gonna audition chicks to be with me You're you like, do yeah, know no, that you that... can't get them to do that he did though tom Cruise. i know i mean it's a real the auditions are a real thing she's just denying that she was one of the people that auditioned yes because there's no question it was a real thing yeah one of the people that auditioned was uh sophia vargara yeah wasn't uh How did she not justin get the gig? timberlake's Oh, Jessica, Jessica Biel. Yeah, I think she was one of them. Yep. How did she not get the gig? And then was was he? He was with Mimi Rogers too. That wasn't was his he? first wife. She was the one who wasn't having it. As soon as stuff got weird with Scientology, mm-hmm. she was like, "Yeah, you can." That's it. That's why that one broke up because she was calling BS on it. I uh, I met. I was at an appearance and met a guy who used to be a Scientologist. Oh boy! And he, I asked him if he watched the Leah Remini show, and he's like, "Yeah, that it got worse than what she is talked about on that show." And he was a Pittsburgh Scientologist. No, he was out there. No, he. I think he lived overseas somewhere. There is a branch here, right? Isn't there a there branch in the uh, South, South Side? Side. Yeah. yeah, which is the craziest thing ever. Like in between two vape shops or something. <laughs> yeah. That fake Burger King. But I never see anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fitting being that it's a fake religion. I never see anybody going in or out of there or. The Scientology thing? Yeah. I see them go in, but they never come out. <laughs> 
And finally, adult film legend Ron Jeremy could be in legal trouble for a sexual encounter that happened when there were no cameras around. TMZ reporting a Washington state woman went to police after he made a promotional appearance in Tacoma. She claimed he assaulted her, but prosecutors declined to take up the case. Now the alleged victim has filed a civil suit asking for damages because he violently groped her breasts when she agreed to have him autograph them. She also accuses him of pulling her shirt down and... uh, assaulting her uh, when she tried to get away. Jeremy has denied any wrongdoing, but it's not the first time he's been hit with such accusations. Former porn actresses Danica Dane, Jay Taylor, and Jennifer Steele have all accused him of sexual assaults. Shocking development. Ron Jeremy might not be a good guy. (laughs) Clearing skies today. Upper 70s for the high at 68 at DVE. All right, sports coming up next. Pursuit is out, but Tim Benz is here to fill you in on all the moves the Penguins made yesterday. The Pirates snatching uh, victory from the jaws of defeat. Four runs in the ninth. They get the W, but the Pens news is the big stuff. Tim will have a full update. Could Sid's buddy Jack Johnson be coming to town? It looks like that's the case. And uh, the guy who broke the story, Jason Mackey, will be on the show at 845 a little bit later on uh, here. Uh, Also, Rick Seaback. He didn't break it? Who broke it? Somebody broke it. I thought it it was Jason Mackey broke that story. No, he, yeah, that's what I heard. Oh, Mark Madden broke the story. What? Mark Madden broke the story. That's not what I heard. Well, all right, let's just say Jason Mackey broke it to be safe. Also, Rick Seaback will be joining us at 8.15 to talk about the new episode of Nebby, Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Vintage Mixer. That's tonight on uh, QED. And uh, the Godfather, Stan Savern, rounding out the show in the 9 o'clock hour. Sports Next with Tim Benz filling in. DVE Sports. Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports on the DVE morning show. Busy day for GMJR yesterday. It was brought to you by Xfinity by Comcast. And let's start with the rumored acquisition before we get to the other trades. And that is Jack Johnson, formerly of the Columbus Blue Jackets and L.A. Kings, coming to the Penguins. Uh, free agent defenseman might cost the neighborhood of $3 million for about five to six years. Uh, Mark Madden had the story right before he went on the air yesterday on 105.9 The X. Jason Mackey reported on it as well. We're going to hear from Jason later on in the show. And I'm happy about this move for one reason and one reason only. We can stop asking the hypothetical question of, hey, do you think the Penguins might get Jack Johnson? Because we've been asking it for 10 years since he and Sidney Crosby were such good friends at Shattuck St. Mary's. And uh, I went online for the trip to try to find some videos of them playing together as high school teammates. And instead, what I found was this string of videos of Sidney Crosby and Jack Johnson getting ready for the NHL draft. Gold mine. Sid was taken number one overall in 2005, and Jack Johnson was taken number three by Jim Rutherford Mm -hmm. with the Carolina Hurricanes. Never signed there, went to Michigan, and eventually his rights were traded to the Kings, and he started his career. But there was this NHL draft productions thing that was put together. <laughs> uh, they were, I think, still 17 at the time. It's glorious. And they're walking down the streets of Los Angeles, and they find these three girls. And they decide, you know what, we're, this is with a video camera. They're going to interview them about hockey. And it was two minutes and 35 seconds of the Titanic going into Pure the Pure awkwardness. Just yeah. cringe, just cringe, cringe. oozed awkwardness. And <laughs> right. Jack Johnson, I don't know if they're as good friends as people make it out to be because Sid is just leaving Jack Johnson out there on an island to interview these girls by himself and he is lurking in the background and poor Jack Johnson is left out there to die. Here's how it ended. I'm Jack Johnson. This is Sidney Crosby. Cool. Uh, what do you guys think? I'm Michelle. Leanne. Marcusita. Hey, it was nice meeting you guys. Nice meeting you too. Thanks, 
Bye. Bye. Boy, Michelle, oh. uh, Leanne, and Mar- Marcusita really screwed up. I want to, I want to, where are they now on Marcusita? Yep. yep. And uh, Leanne and uh, the other one. Because <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they just passed up a whole lot yeah. of bread. Between the three of them, they just said goodbye to about a couple hundred million dollars worth right there. I know the Pens are always looking for a good wingman for Sid, but like, he's the worst wingman yeah. ever. <laughs> right. The worst. He He's standing like eight feet back with his arms folded like, dude. Your buddy is dying Just out there. Just dying. It, yeah. it was so awkward at the end. Between Jack Johnson's haircut and the, <laughs> and the tone of the interview with the girls, it made me think of this from Dumb and Dumber. Hey, guys. Oh, big gulps, huh? All right. Well, yep. see you later. <laughs> Jack Johnson's haircut was one of those, uh, just cut where it doesn't come out of the hockey helmet. Right. Like, or where, where, wherever it's coming out of or my helmet, just helmet cut, cut it there, yeah. And just cut around it. Well, and his skills talking to the ladies, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he's he's better on the ice next year. I know this. When his parents were <laughs> bilking all of his money, they sure weren't investing it in a barber. That much is clear. Holy cow. Or an orthodontist. He had some big old... <laughs> Choppers. Choppers coming out of there. But Sid, you're right. It's like Sid's like, go hit on them for me. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I'll stay back here. He knew who the number one pick was going to be. Oh, yeah. Or he was smart enough to go, yeah, we, you're going to blow this. I'm going to go back there. I, I don't want to have any. Yeah. I've seen your game. I know how it goes. So those guys have been buddies for a long time, and that's great and everything. But uh, again, I have friends that I love. They don't get to come on the show. <laughs> well, is he better than Matt Hunwick, though? My friend is, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> but is Jack Johnson better than Matt Hunwick? Probably. Probably. And like, what's the likelihood that they're going to get better return? Are they going to be able to plumb the well and get something good out of Jack Johnson more so than Matt Hunwick for roughly the same price? Because like, yeah. everybody's like, oh, the back end of the deal is going to be so bad. It's still going to be $3 million in 2023. Right. You know, and that's not going to be that much by then against the cap. Now, Madden is quick to point out it's only one bad year he had. He only had one bad year. Is that an accurate mm-hmm. statement? Wasn't been, it more of a decline? Been, it's been more up and down. Yeah. I think been, he's got two 40-point seasons under his belt, but we're a few years removed from that. He wouldn't be the first guy to die in the vine under John Tortorella, though, right? Right. No. Uh, I don't like it when I see Caps fans and, and Blue Jackets fans rejoicing at something the Penguins did. The, That's how would what Caps gives me fans pause. know he was so scratched he didn't even know. play against the Capitals, you know? Caps fans also uh, rejoiced, you know, look, Brooks Orpik signed for a big amount a long time ago at the end of his career. Right. A, a lot less than what we're going to end up paying Jack Johnson. If we got a $3 million best friend for Sidney Crosby, uh, that would <laughs> that would be egregious, but it's a, it's a little more than that. I, I think it's more about is he better than Matt Hunwick for the same price, and I think he he will be. You know, like Ron Hainsey, everybody said, oh, this guy's awful. And 37 years old, and he helped them win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. He was pretty good for them during that Stanley for sure. Cup run. So. And you think he'll be paired with Alexiak? He'll be the bottom pair? Um, I don't know about that. I, I, there's some thinking that maybe he might even get – this is where I would get concerned. If he gets top four minutes, that's where I get concerned. If they try to pump the well too much on him, I, I think mm-hmm. he should be on the bottom pair and get the least amount of minutes. But that helps them distribute – so that Chris Letang isn't playing as much, and Justin Schultz doesn't have to soak up everything that Chris Letang doesn't play, and he can just eat minutes and not be relied on to do much in the offensive end, get the puck out of his own zone, that's where I think he could come in handy for them. Okay, so they deal uh, Connor Sherry mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. 
going to miss that. Matt Hunwick. Matt Hunwick. And they re-signed Shane, which was a good... I like that. Yeah. For basically the same price. Yeah, I liked him. He had like a like a $250,000 raise or something based on what his cap hit was last year between Detroit and Pittsburgh. So this all fell into place after the Russ signing. That That's was right. really the domino that sort of... Uh, let let us know exactly where the rest of them were going to fall anyways. Right. You had a pretty good idea. I mean, yesterday uh, you pretty much hashed this all out anyways. Yeah, this is exactly the game plan that Jim Rutherford put out there. It was just a matter of finding somebody who would take the salary for next to nothing, and that's what the Buffalo Sabres did. Now what does he do with the rest of the money? I'm not going to spend the money just to do it. If there's the guy that we like, then we're going to spend it. And if not, we're going to sit on it for a while. Yeah, they can might I have ha- some of it. They might have to make another move if they're going to do something else. Like, was that were- post that comment post Jack Johnson news or before? That comment came out while people were after still the Hunwick trade. It right? was after the Hunwick trade. It was after the Sherry trade. It had not yet been known that Johnson had signed. But then again, it's no more. It was there uh, between now and then. Like this was probably spoken at like two o'clock, and then Madden went on the air with the story at three o'clock. GMJR spoken between, so it's probably so he said like that, that with the Johnson signing in mind already. Yeah, he wasn't saying that the Johnson thing didn't happen after that. Like, well, all right, I'll spend it here. And then Shea happened at six, and right. I think at that time during that interview, he made the comment of, "We would have liked to have gotten Riley done long term, and it will probably only be one year now." Is what he said. And from Shea's point of view, he's in essence saying. All right, look, I don't want the arbitrator to give me too big of a number and then have them ship me off to somewhere yes, I don't want to go. Right. So I'll just take what I was playing for. Kick the can down the road a little bit. Right. Just give me what I got last year. I'll play well here. I prefer being here, and then I'll try to make big money next year. Um, a couple other news items here. One from the Steelers. Le'Veon Bell put a post up on Instagram with a thinking face and the word optimistic Mm. as if to suggest and in a Steeler uniform which he hadn't done this offseason it was just him working out trying to make people think that maybe there's something good coming on his contractual situation Uh, Bell said this after he was revealed in the top five of the top 100 for the NFL Network you know the people in the organization you know try to do what's best for them and you know I'm trying to do what's best for me you know so um, it just we're we're working on it Um, you know we're a lot closer than we were um, last year at this time, you know, and that's what I'm happy about. But, no, none of that matters if we don't get it done, you know. So, hopefully we'll try to get something done, um, you know, and that's what I'm looking forward to. I got confidence we'll get it done, so um, I want to do it. So if he's got confidence they're going to get it done, then he's got to come off his number because the Steelers have given everything that they can give. That's He's got to come back down from $17 million or $14.5 million, or else nothing's going to get done, and he's just going to have to play on the franchise tag. Yeah, it, being his agent must be the most frustrating thing in the world. You had two great deals carved out for him, and he Heismaned both of them. And how much of that do you think is strictly on him, and how much of that do you think might be on the agent too? Because I've heard he's not exactly a dream to deal with. Uh, oh, yeah, I don't know. I mean that that could be the case. I always just assume that when the agent has so so much less at stake and already has a pretty good you know uh, another million dollars a percentage of another million and a half for that agent doesn't mean that much he doesn't want to blow the whole deal over that and lev is out there going first it was 15 then it was 17 uh, you know, I, he had a deal for thirteen five worked out. Then he had a deal for fifteen worked out. Unless Lev is such a space cadet, he's listening to the agent saying, "Hey, I can get you more." I mean, maybe I I doubt it though. I feel like get- everybody he has around him is saying you should get more. You know, and yeah. he's he's listening to all that. He's How can that be the case that when they when you look at his? 
potential earnings and potential for injury to affect all of that, why would you take the risk? No, I, I'm with you. I think everything I heard last year was they like Le'Veon as a personality, and part of the frustration, most of the frustration, was they had gotten so point so close to the point of signing the deal, and then the uh, deal was yanked by the agent. Like they. I keep hearing that they, they don't have an easy time negotiating with their no. with Lev's representation. So, uh, Who was, is his agent? I forgot his it's name. Not like, Rosenhaus. No, no, no. I, I got to look his name up. Sounds here. like his master P. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah right, exactly. I don't know, maybe he's working out of uh, Wiz Khalifa's studio up in Who Edna. Knows? Uh, last thing, Pirates were winners. They beat the Mets. Final score, 5-3. to three. Big comeback late in the game. They were down 3 nothing in the eighth, and David Fries and company, they rattled off five hits in a row in the ninth. Yeah, it excites us. You know, obviously the way we've been playing. Um, I think we scored all five late. We got guys on and, um, you know, kept it moving and, and got it done. Up next, the Padres, three-game series for them. Tim, thanks. Yep. Val's got news coming up top of the hour. Valerie, what do you got? Uh, we're going to talk about what fireworks are now legal in Pennsylvania since 4th of July is less than a week away. Oh, yeah. I always go to Ohio if I'm going to get, like, you know, put on the big show. Yeah, well, depending on how big, you don't have to anymore. Ah, no kidding. Right, you yeah. can stay right here. Do a big show. I was, uh, the first time I went to Ohio and bought fireworks, I was a little scared. Uh, I didn't I realize, I didn't know how much gunfire I actually had there. Like, I had some gunpowder, gu- yeah. Yeah, like, there was a, oh, a, I know, an arsenal. I didn't realize they were going to be that big, and I started lighting them off. I'm like, holy cow. Uh, these are bigger than I thought. Wait, I bu- they just sell these in a store? Did you guys give me Kennywoods by mistake? <laughs> Hey, we're golfing on the South Side. The South Side Summer Open. Not really golfing, but we're drinking and playing miniature golf. The DVE Morning Show's 12th Annual South Side Summer Open. Balls out on Carson, along with our friends from Bud Light. Now, this is the 12th year we're doing this. It benefits class, which is community living and support services. You get a foursome together. You play indoor mini golf at 18 different bars on the South Side. It's the best bar crawl of the year. It happens in August. It sells out every year. Uh, There are some uh, foursomes still available. And you got to go to DVE.com to get signed up for that. It's brought to you by Bud Light and DVE. You have to be 21 years of age or older to participate. There's an after party. It's the old cactus with uh, the lava game. They're a great band oh, yeah, to party with. Those are my guys. Uh, here are some of the bars where all, or all of the bars who are taking part in this. Bar 11, 12 Whiskey Barbecue, Trixie's Bar and Game Room, Carson City Saloon, The Flats on Carson, pregame, uh, Mario's. The uh, local bar and kitchen, Sky Bar, Casey's, Steel Cactus, Permanis, Tiki Lounge, Chupka's Cafe, Deuce, Archie's, Double Wide Grill, and Excuses. They're all going to have miniature golf holes set up. You go bar to bar playing miniature golf at All Benefits Class. So fun. Brought to you by Bud Light. Sign your foursome up today for the August 18th bar crawl that you just don't want to miss. It is an absolute blast. Go to dve.com and get signed up today. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show, along with Val Porter. Bill Crawford, Pursuit is on vacation this week. Tim Benz has been filling in. Joe Rakiki, our producer. The uh, latest installment of Yinzers in the News is sort of a hashtag TBT. You know what? Yinzers in the News. <laughs> yeah, we kind of missed this one. Yeah, this one fell through, through the cracks a little bit. Well, it's understandable. There was a pretty big crack there. Yes, and what we're referring to is the Route 30 implosion i don't know what do you call that the um, landslide the yeah landslide destruction of yeah, road, uh, roadway collapse so you f- stumbled upon this yesterday because you yeah. were trying to find out the status yeah. of route 30 because i think it's reopening this week it opened yes it yesterday 
Yeah. And I, I stumbled upon a news clip from the beginning uh, before it had actually completely fell down the hill. And uh, and this guy was on there. The height difference between the westbound lanes at the far end of the dip has grown another half foot since yesterday. And the drop-off next to the traffic still using the only open eastbound lane dropped nine inches overnight before concrete was brought in to provide support for the open lane. Looks like they have a major debacle going on here. Major <laughs> debacle. <laughs> debacle is one of the funniest words to say with that accent. I heard that one time in, a, in the bathroom at PNC Park when the Buckos were getting shelled and uh, the radio was going in the bathroom. So you, what, you, the Giants game? Are you talking about one of the playoff games? Uh, the wild card? It, it might have been... No, it... it God, I thought it was a lot long, long time ago, but the, something had happened where the pirates were just getting shelled, mm-hmm. and you could hear the play-by-play, and <laughs> like everybody was in the bathroom, and it was totally quiet because it was a big game, and we totally screwed it up, and then you know gave up like a three-run jack while we were all in the in the bathroom, and the guy goes. Oh my God! This is a debacle. <laughs> and I, I always remember that as my one of my favorite Yinzer words of all time. Debacle. A debacle. Looks like they have a major debacle. Yeah, going a on debacle. <laughs> the only the the funniest word I've ever heard, other than that, was they did a story about the the whip at Kennywood. Remember that got knocked down in yeah. this. Uh, horrible storm, and they were interviewing some guy, and he goes, you know, it's a normal day at the park, and then T-Storm swept in, and it was utter pandemonium. <laughs> <laughs> pandemonium was like, I was like, oh, geez, what what a, an angel just flew down. Pretty good one. Landed on my shoulder. Looks like they have a major, major debacle, debacle going on here now. There's a, the latest in the episode of Ginger's <laughs> in the News. Uh, later this morning, Sean Casey uh Gave me a shout the other day. Did you see what happened with him and Pearl Jam over yes. the weekend in Italy? Okay. Oh, I was on that text. Oh, oh, were you on that? Yeah. Did, you didn't respond to it. I yeah, got I it did. like on the plane. Yeah, I did. I did responded. Uh huh. Yeah, you must not have been getting reception because I responded like as soon as he sent it. He was like, "Dude, check this out." Oh, all and right. I was like, "Dude, this is legendary." Yeah, I didn't get any of your side of the text on that. That's so weird. So Sean was. Uh, just minding his own business, and all of a sudden, one of his coworkers was at a Pearl Jam show in Italy <laughs> with a huge blow-up of his face. Those gi- one of those giant heads. Yeah. Sean Casey head. And so Eddie Vedder's singing- and it was actual size. At one of those Italy shows. I guess they did a few shows in Italy, and there was like 60,000 people there, and- uh, Eddie Vedder looks out. There's a big Sean Casey head. So we'll tell you how that all unfolded a little bit later on. Val will have news coming up top of the hour. What do you got, Val? We're going to talk about uh, since Fourth of July is coming up. What is now legal in PA? Also, Rick Seaback's going to be joining us here in studio. We'll talk with Jason Mackey about the latest Pens moves. Benzie will fill you in on the rest too. He's got. Uh... God, that was probably the best part of uh, being off for a few days. Sleeping, just yeah. Not having to wake up and say stuff. <laughs> what time do you normally get up, like, for a work Your day, alarm goes you off. Uh, 4.45. You're okay. thinking that sounds late. Yeah. What time do you wake up? Uh, my first alarm goes off at 3.20. That's just crazy, though. I get up about 3.40. I'm impressed so. with your schedule and the way that you uh, diligently... <laughs> Function. Yeah. I don't know how you do it the way you do it. Uh, you know... 
It's a lot of drinking and crying. Yeah. <laughs> that, dude, there's the name of your memoir. Drinking and crying. Val Porter, drinking and crying. Available at bookstores this Christmas. Imagine that would fly off the shelves. Oh, my God. We can get a local country band to come up with a song. It would be great. Perfect coffee but, table book. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Drinking, crying, reading the news. Val Porter. I got these home restoration blues. <laughs> well, it's because you're sleeping in a camper still, right? Well, yeah, but, you know, That's you, just, contributing you never your... get enough sleep. Because yeah, you went and rocked out to Whitesnake last night. Yeah, I did. How that was, was that? It was a great show. Yeah? Did they rock man, your face off? Reb is just, man, he's so good. He's a badass. And he, he just... It's like he he makes it look so effortless. Yeah, he's like you know his facial expression is like, oh hey how are you? But it's like <laughs> <laughs> right. So you sat next to Madden. Yeah, I sat with Mark. How did that go? Good. He he sang a little bit. He, Mark sang. No, he didn't get on stage and sing. No, did he? no, no. It's just you know like if you're in the crowd, you get into the show and you sing a little. I think I probably did too. You singing here I go again and stuff like that. Uh, I don't remember exactly what, but. You know, yesterday he was saying the guitar player for Jason Bonham looks the like... The Japanese Jimmy Page? I couldn't take my eyes off of him. Because he looks exactly... He lo- he's got the same build, the same bad frizzy hair, the same... Ma- I mean, I looked at nobody else the whole time they were playing. <laughs> it was so weird. It was mesmerizing. Does he talk like this, like he's a little gnome? <laughs> he didn't talk at all, but... He's suing Robbie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. And Bonham was good. I mean, that yeah. whole that band was good. You know, it's yeah. you didn't stick around for fur, uh, foreign. No, Ner? no, foreign, <laughs> Ferner. Ferner. Well, they're all furners. They are furners. Uh, no, but Mick Jones was there last night. Oh, yeah. I cut through the pavilion because I just went back to say hi to Reb after the sh- you know they played. Yeah, I'm like I'm out of here. Hey, sorry, I got an urgent emergency. See you, Mick. I'm out of here. Later on. But they sounded, a foreigner sounded Fake great. Fake foreigner. Did did Madden stick around for foreigner? I'm not, I don't know. He's I don't know if he, if he did or not. Did he talk a lot during the show or Who? was he Madden or was he like no. into it? He's nope. into it. I went to a show with uh, Sean McDowell. I went to see Neil Young with Sean one time and uh, he uh, he was doing pop-up video tidbits <laughs> the entire <laughs> time. Was that the Green Greendale? Greendale. Yeah. I, w- I think I was in the box with you guys. Yeah. And he just kept leaning over my shoulder going... In 1975. <laughs> no, Madden was a pleasure to sit next to. He's a he's a good uh, concert going partner. Did he smoke a lot of weed? <laughs> I didn't smoke any weed. Oh, no. he didn't smoke any weed. No, oh. he goes to more concerts, honestly, than anybody I know. It travels to see more concerts. Straight up, who goes to more concerts than him? Possibly me. Yeah, but other, yeah, Madden. Goes. I but I'm saying I concerts, think he goes to more like band- shows. Madden goes to more concerts. Of bands that don't exist anymore. He, that I, exist as like one guy has the name. He is the king of those shows. There's no doubt. And I don't fault him for it. He, he loves what he loves. I think he said he's seen Whitesnake five times this summer. <laughs> they were really good. But like I'm saying like I think he you go to more shows maybe. Like more shows. But he goes to more like concert like arena type shows. Possibly yeah. He, he I swear he goes to like 50 shows a year. I wish mean, I had his energy. Yeah, you do the afternoons. You don't have to wake up three twenty in the <laughs> that is true. morning. I guess you can go see foreigners as many times as you want. You're right. 
Tell Rick to come in here. Rick Seaback's here. But Whitesnake, I mean, the whole show, you knew, the whole night, you knew every song. You knew every word to every song. They have a ton of hits. Yeah. I would go see Whitesnake. I mean, of course, you knew all the Zeppelin songs, and, uh, uh, you know, you knew all the Whitesnake songs, and I'm I'm sure Foreigner, too, but I didn't stick around. I'm surprised Coverdale doesn't come out and do a Zeppelin song with Jason Bonham. Huh? That'd be kind of a cool thing to do. Rick Seabax uh, in studio is going to hang out with us here, and uh, we're going to talk about the latest episode of Nebby, Pittsburgh Vintage Mixer. That'll be momentarily. Val has a news update for you right now on TV. What's going on? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast. It's brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 69 degrees now at DVEM. Val Porter, the news brought to us by Citizens Bank. Police across Pennsylvania are urging residents to understand what they can and cannot do with fireworks under a new state law. Officials say people over 18 can now buy and light Roman candles and other fireworks that fly into the air like bottle rockets. Firecrackers also now legal in PA along with mortar cakes, which seems a little extreme. Rick, did you bring mortar any mortar cakes? cakes in this morning from Better Made Donuts or Better Made <laughs> Mortar Cakes? Makes the best mortar cakes. Uh, according to the Morning Call uh, paper, you can buy items with up to 50 milligrams of explosive material. I have no idea how big that is, but police say the law still says those lighting the fireworks cannot be intoxicated. <laughs> that is a law. Uh, you can't throw. So you them. can get arrested for lighting off fireworks while intoxicated. Yes. So, like, what is that? Uh, you got to be which pretty is hammered. Every backyard party, yeah. probably. Uh, yeah. BUI. I don't know. What do you call? It? Boom you want? I don't. Know. <laughs> you can't throw them from a vehicle, and they can't oh, can. be. They can't be set off within 150 feet of an occupied building. Uh, <laughs> authorities say violators face a fine of 100 bucks plus court costs. And by the way, uh, taxes on fireworks are 12%. Wow. Wow. That explains a, a lot because I was at Walmart over the weekend and I saw a bunch of fireworks and I was like, that must be like what? Those yeah, must new be law fake or something. Uh, yeah. And it turns out you can buy mortar cakes. That sounds like such a great term of endearment, doesn't it? What? Mortar cakes. <laughs> I mean, it, we all I've decorated I'm my cakes. mortar cake. Are you? For you? We we all know somebody who likes to put on their own firework display. Oh, but sure. really, we live in a city where there's so many different professionals. Let let's leave it to them. Yeah, Pittsburgh has plenty professionals. You yeah, you don't need to DIY this one. I uh, I found a ton of fireworks in my dad's house when I was there for Father's Day. I'm like, <laughs> what is this? He's like, oh, those are left over from Fourth of July last year. And I'm like. Dude, putting on your own show, Dad. The Zambellis crash into the house. <laughs> Dude, last last time we were, I was with uh, my brother's brother-in-law, and he was setting off fireworks, and somebody tipped something over, and one just shot right into the house, like just off <laughs> oh the siding, God. exploded everywhere, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm done. I, I don't need to be in a backyard where this is going on." Yeah, we lived on the lake, so we would always like. Oh, that sounds blow lovely. off fireworks, like you know, and not worry about it because right. we just shoot them out over the lake. Um, but my dad always had like illegal fireworks, mortar cakes, yeah, and mortar cakes and stuff <laughs> when we were growing up. And he, we would build stupid things too. He like the our favorite thing to do when we were little kids was do the like a bucket of water, and then you'd get like a the plas- a plastic top to like an aerosol can or something like mm-hmm. that and you dig a little hole in it and then you put firecrackers in the in the hole and then you let it float on top of the water and it would just shoot up like a rocket mm. when you'd explode it because there'd be enough inventive. air in the uh, in the cap while it was floating on top of the water 
and you could get about four firecrackers, and eh, not even, usually like two or three per cap. And after 4th of July, there'd be no caps on anything in our house. So we'd blow them all up. Then I really like the whippets. Whoosh. Oh, What's yeah, a, the, what? the bang snaps? Yeah. Oh, the little. it looks like a little uh, dumpling? Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of people know whippets is like nitrous, but I'm yeah, talking about... like, what are you talking about? No, they were called, they were actually like I the brand names. There was a brand name called whippets, oh. too. There was, it was the same thing. Those were kind of... Great. When you were a kid, did you take a well? Maybe that was snaps. It was like a paper string, and you would like hit it with a rock. That was caps. Caps. That was it. Yeah, because oh, you yeah. get a cap gun. Yes, Those were yes. just dumb. I thought totally dumb, and you'd sit there with a rock and just bang <laughs> all of your <laughs> caveman trying stupid. to make. Yeah. And then somebody would blow up a trash can with an M80, right. and you'd be like, "That guy's doing it way better." Yeah, I know. What, what are we doing? I'm smashing caps with a rock. That guy blew up a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been a mortar cake. Uh, Facebook users will soon be able to keep certain topics from appearing in their timelines. I wish I could do this with life in general. Oh, yeah. Uh, The social network announced a new feature yesterday called Keyword Snooze. It will remove specific words from news feeds and groups for up to 30 days. Facebook is currently testing it out with a small percentage of users and will make it available to everyone at a later time. The network already allows people to snooze other users, groups, and pages with another feature that rolled out in December. I love that snooze is the word they came up with after they focus grouped it. And they were like, ah, the hide button was a little too obnoxious. Mute sounds too aggressive. Unfollow. That's unfavorable. Let's just have it be snoozed. I snooze you. And OJ Simpson seems to be trying to restore some of the karma he's lost over the past 25 whatever years, according to The Blast. The Juice did a good deed this week by returning a lost wallet to its rightful owner. He says he got out of his car at a golf store and saw the wallet lying on the ground. It had two addresses but no phone number. But O.J. went online to figure out what was the right address. He then returned the wallet in person. O.J. says, I just did what I hope most people would do in the same situation if the roles were reversed. So he found the rightful owner of the 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 real owner, but he hasn't found the real killer yet. I mean, if he showed up, I'd be like, just keep it, Juice. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. You got it, Juice. Hot Juice. <laughs> Forecast today. Clearing. Maybe AC Cowling's knocked on the door and Juice is behind him. He's like, give him the wallet, Juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't want to do it. Give him the wallet, Juice. Uh, clearing skies, upper 70s for the high today. It's 69, a DVE. Yeah, David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian. Oh, juice. Oh, Juice. Juice. Oh, juice. 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 Oh, no, Juice. Rick Seaback is here. You should do a documentary on fireworks. You know, it's very strange. I heard a really great podcast on NPR this week about our how faulty our memories are. And it was called... Why did you already do a fireworks documentary and I didn't remember? <laughs> no, no, no. But the, the whole point was that our memories are terrible. Yes. And Awful. they talked about flashbulb moments where everybody... I remember this. And the, the thing was called um, Free Brian Williams because... They think maybe he really wasn't lying about this helicopter accident. Mm-hmm. It's just his memory screwing up he with the way he remembers it. Yes. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of the program is about 9-11. Where were you? Who were you with? Who first told you about this? How did you become aware of it? And like the host of the program is talking about how he heard, and then he talks to the woman who told him, and like their memories are totally different. But I know that I was in the QED van pulling into Zambelli Fireworks in Newcastle, and I heard it from Val Porter. Yes, because we were on the air, Mm -hmm. and I remember during the commercial break before the 9 o'clock news, we had 
heard something happened and we thought it was a Cessna that hit the yeah. World Trade Center. We're like, oh, that's weird. Like, no, I think I can remember you saying, this is odd. There's another plane. Yeah, because it, the first one hit before we did the nine o'clock news and then- And then at, we watched the second yeah. one happen. And, and so we didn't know what to do, but yeah, we, we were at Zambelli and we said, what wow. are you guys going to do? And they said, we're going to work. And because it's, it was their production facility, which is like a little bunch of concrete bunkers out on a hillside mm-hmm. north of Newcastle, um, and they're not allowed to have radios because a radio has a spark. So uh-huh. um, all these people working in these little huts. And so we, we shot the whole day. We we didn't know what was going on except for a man in a pickup truck who would come around and tell us news. Wow. So oh, man. It was it was totally weird. The thing I always remember about that day uh, was when Val was doing the news and, and we heard about it. And then the Today Show had the, the live, live shot. shot of the second one. And we're like, okay, this is we're, we're going to go to a we're going to play music. And then I think we played music almost the rest of the hour. But we were and we were all staring at the TV. And the thing I remember is when they announced that they had closed all the airports mm-hmm. across the country, I said like out loud sort of, you know, to everyone in the room. They've never done that before, have they? And Gene Collier was up slated to appear next and he was standing under the TV and he said, Nope, and he left. And that I remember that being the moment where I'm like, Oh my god, this is you know, for mm-hmm. like it yeah. said in like, okay, this is a real huge deal. Right. Uh and then we didn't we had no idea what to do because we're goofs and that just seemed to be such a so you know, heavy. hugely moment uh, monumental uh, moment. Yeah, I remember we simulcast all the stations. Yes. And just what turned it over to a, a it was the me raw feed of the news. No, well, we were doing live. We were up in the three WS studios. It was me and I think Sherry Van Dyke and Chris Winter. Yeah, and we were all on the air for I don't remember how long. I remember what we did the following week for shows, and it might have been two weeks worth of shows because we didn't have technology wasn't quite what it is now. But we would videotape the news mm-hmm. all day and then pick out certain things that we wanted to play on the air the next day. And that was all we were doing yeah. was updating people on what was happening. And we were just playing clips of the news over and over. So I would come in in the morning and I had a legal Sheet. a legal yeah. pad full of notes of, all right, pl- uh, go to this point in at this time right yeah and I was keeping the tracker on everything and Val had a ton of of sound bites and we just ran news because we didn't know what to do do you think there'd be an air check from that day that's interesting might be somewhere yeah somewhere oh I'd love to to listen to I don't that. think it would be as interesting as because uh, it was kind of confused like well what's going on All well, right, everybody, but, but everybody you know. was confused like if you look at any of the even any of the news from that day people were trying to piece it together on the spot oh, it was I remember yeah. waking up I was up in Boston and that's where all the the guys flew out of right Logan mm-hmm. Airport so there Boston was a bit locked down school was canceled I woke up and there was uh, my roommate said hey you know the uh, the World Trade Center yeah all those buildings are gone and I remember you know just like just being jarred I didn't really know what she was talking about because I always associated the World Trade Center to Oklahoma because I always thought of those buildings in New York as the Twin Towers and so I was just, I turned, turned the TV on and then I just laid there in bed all day watching that footage over and over and over again. It, it had already all happened. Right. So but I woke up, I woke up late. To Rick's point, the way you just, remember it probably isn't how it went down. Right. And like, you know, 
You you think you remember it exactly, but you don't. Do and you think that? And this is getting off topic. We'll get to the to Nebby in a second. <laughs> but do you think? Because this is an interesting topic. Do you think that with as much social media posting as everyone does now, that it'll actually have the effect of improving our memories because we have photo documentation and actual posts of events, so that we are reinforcing the memory as it is happening. Yeah, because I think like some of my earliest memories as a kid. I don't know if they're really memories or memories of a photo. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. we lived in one house in Bethel Park till I was five and then we moved. Well, I definitely remember the move, but like, do I really remember the inside of the old house? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know what it was from photographs, you know. And yes. I, I moved when I was five and I remember that house. I like I, I know the first floor in the basement and I can't remember what the, the upstairs where all the bedrooms were. I don't remember what that looks like because there are only photos of the first floor in the basement. Yeah. So I have like a vivid memory of what those rooms were like, but I don't. I couldn't tell you what the upstairs was. We didn't have an upstairs, but we did have a basement, but I don't have any recollection. Oh, I do know how you got there, through a door in the kitchen. That's how I got there. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what were you doing in Rick's house? Don't <laughs> Never mind. All right, Nabby, the newest, uh, uh, is Pittsburgh Vintage Mixer. Now, this is which... This is the fourth show. This is the fourth of the Nebby shows, yes. Okay. And this was funded by Kickstarter last year, which was uh, a uh, a wildly successful Kickstarter campaign because people want more C back all the time. That's true. Well, that's really nice, but, you know. No, no, no. It was great. No, I mean, it, I, I can remember how, how anxiety-filled I was at the time because if you don't make your goal, you don't get anything. And Yeah. Um, you know, several people thought we had. In fact, my cameraman Frank admitted to me recently. He said, "Like I never thought you'd get that." <laughs> <laughs> so hey, thank you so much. Get it, and then the, the anxiety of having to produce now takes over, right? Right. And so, you know, of course, there's never enough money. So, this was an attempt. We wanted to do one where we could shoot it in a day. And I, I've always liked this Pittsburgh vintage mixer, and I knew that you know people are really talkative and. Mm-hmm. Now There's all you, kinds of cool stuff. So There are some characters that you interview uh, throughout this, and it strikes me that every time uh, you interview people who know who you are, there's a response. But like the, the people are just so happy and ebullient. They want to be a part of the Rixie Mac uh, documentarian experience, so they almost are like just bubbling to talk with you. But this one it seemed especially so because... Everybody seems to love this event so much. I didn't know anything about this. No, I didn't either. Oh, cool. No, it, it's a great event. I mean, and I remember I went to the very first one that they had over at the Hazlitt Theater on the north side just because a woman um, who worked in our ancillary services department at QED came up to me and she goes, Rick, I'm going to be a vendor at this event this weekend. I think you'd like it. You know, it's at the Hazlitt Theater. And so I yeah. said, okay, I'll stop by. And I really liked it. And I, I met Al Hoff from the city paper there, I remember um, she was an, also a vendor. Uh-huh. So, and then I followed them since then. They went to the History Center for a while. Um, it was started by three people um, Bess, Don Levy, Jason Sumney, and Michael Lutz, who had an online shop they called Red Pop Shop. Okay. And they just decided that Pittsburgh didn't have a thing, whereas they could tell that other cities had these kind of fairs where all the vendors and vintage loving people would get together. And so, so they it's helped. essentially a flea market. For vintage items, yes. Except that it's it, you know it's like a step above a flea market. <laughs> it's not as it's not as ritzy as an antique store, but it's somewhere in that middle ground. Um, you know, like I think they don't like the connotation of flea market because you know you know tube socks, somebody's and, old crap, <laughs> and like you know out of date food and all that kind of stuff. That you, I love that stuff. Like you get at Rogers, Ohio, or something. Right. 
but this is really just cool old stuff. And, and how many of these are there a year? Two. There's two. There's one in the spring and there's one in the fall. I think the next one is November 9th and 10th now. Um, we went on April 7th and, uh, you know, people apply to come and be a vendor and wow. they, you know, send photos of the kind of stuff they have the for sale. And, uh, you know, there's always surprises. There was the big surprise this time were these animatronic rabbits. There were two rabbits and like they were, they were really from the, <laughs> you know, sh- the uh, store windows, yeah. store window displays. But, you know, they move so slowly and like creepy. The, there's a, a guy that I was interviewing. He goes, yeah, there's some there's some weird robots over there. <laughs> the stuff that nightmares are made of. <laughs> so and Tom Roberts does the music once again. Uh, he's brilliant. It, it, you know, I I wish we had Tom Roberts to come in and composed for every show but he didn't come in this time we used stuff he composed for other shows oh really and it really worked and you know i called him and talked to him and i said you know we're going to use your music again he said that's fine um so so. tonight 8 p.m on wqed the fourth in the series of nebbies three more to go four nebbies down three to go uh so that's tonight make sure to check that out and special preview for the next nebby we're really excited about this one that kennywood summer yeah, you know, can you tell what that is? We're gonna, I think I can. Yeah, what do you think it is? I think that it is getting people's memories of their trips to Kennywood in the, in the summer. No, or the summer that you did <laughs> Kennywood memories. Nope. Please isolate the Rixie back saying that, no. I want to use that over. We're going to try and, and put together again. half an hour of the footage we didn't use hmm. in 1988. Cool. Shut the front door. Love this. The actual deleted lost. scenes. I've never been so excited. Yeah. To be I mean, lost Kennywood. Uh, um, it, footage. I mean, I, I last night the uh, some of the assistant editors, uh, Ann Casper and uh, <laughs> uh, Andrew, they were talking to me and they said we figured out there's 44 hours of footage. Wow. I hope there's more Beth Snodgrass in this one. Oh. The director, uh, the uh, the operator. Yeah, but there's the a lot swinger. of Beth Snodgrass in the in Come the on. other one. Yeah. I want another thing this week. <laughs> I mean, we have a whole sound bar. I want Gino of all the Beth Snodgrass. Here's Beth Snodgrass is one of the regulars on the ride called the Wave Swinger. She's from Dravosburg and goes to school at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. When she gets here first, she has to take care of the morning procedure. It's yes, depending on uh, who I talk to, <laughs> how long I daddle around before I go get the ticket can. Usually try to turn the ride on about quarter to 12. And then it heats up. And if someone else comes in, somebody gets to ride it if you're, if you're early enough. And if it's my manager, Chris, then we get coffee <laughs> and cookies. The swings are clean. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, my the morning my, procedure. My other two favorite characters from that footage from Kennywood Memories are the owner uh, or the the operator, one of the maintenance guys from the bumper cars. Oh, the philosopher, the yeah. bumper cars we call them. Yeah. And and the uh, the enthusiast who said, you know, you always go ah at the oh, end. Oh, that's Charlie really Jackson. <laughs> you always say ah at the end of the ride. <laughs> Okay. So that's a look ahead. But tonight. 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 Pittsburgh Vintage Mixer. It's on WQED 8 o'clock. And uh, be sure to check that out. Rick, always a pleasure. No, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And I brought donuts from Better Made Up. (laughs) I wanted to bring a Badamo's pizza. but Tell Anthony to to get going early. 
because um, you know Badamo's in the show. He makes pizzas there at the Vintage Mixer. Um, oh, Anthony does, awesome. yeah, at the uh, in in the little kitchen they have there. So I wanted to tell you, I went to Better Made Donuts on a Sunday morning. At you know they open at seven. Early. I was there at six forty-five, and there was a line, Always. and it was raining, and it was just <laughs> it was so fun and so vi- it was vintage Pittsburgh experience. It really totally. was. It is a totally Pittsburgh. Which Padamas do you go to? You go to the North Side one? Uh, well, I, I used to go to the Mount Lebanon one. Right. It was the only one for a while, but yeah, yeah now we're pretty much regulars. And uh, my cameraman Frank soup? is extremely picky pizza guy. And he he he'll go there anytime. I love their pizza. The, the, his mom used to make soup all the time. I used to get she had pasta fazool and Italian wedding soup at the one on Washington Road. Yeah, that's the one. Those little red cherry peppers that he makes, I yeah. just think are incredible. Just awesome. Uh, okay, Rick, thank you so much. It's thank always you. a pleasure to talk with you. Okay, good deal. Coming up, Tim Ben's filling in for Mike Pursuta Sports Update. Penn's moving a lot of stuff around yesterday, a lot of money and a lot of players, and Jack Johnson could be headed to play with his buddy Sidney Crosby. Also, we've got uh, Jason Mackey from the Trib breaking that down and the one and only Stan Saver next up. DVE Sports. Okay, we get caught up talking to Rick. It's it's too tough. And he brought donuts, so. Oh, man, better. They're so good. Which one are you crushing right now? Chocolate. Nice. Tim Ben's filling in for Pursuit with your sports this morning. And uh, the Penguins making some moves yesterday. Where would you like to start? Do you want to start with Jack Johnson potentially coming here? Or do you want to go sure. with the uh, Connor Sherry trade first? Connor Sherry. Go Connor Sherry. My favorite part about this deal, if folks missed it, the headline from yesterday was Penguins trade Connor Sherry and Matt Hunwick for basically nothing and win. Mm-hmm. That's how you sum up this deal, right? They get nothing in return, and that's perfect. That's how you do an efficient salary dump when you're actually still trying to win. Right. And, and I not just get stuff off your payroll. A true Zen saying, nothing is what I want. <laughs> and that's what they got. Well, they did get a third-round pick. Well, what could be a third-round pick? Right now, it's a conditional fourth-round pick. One thing that made me laugh about these trades were the conditions on the trade itself for the draft pick coming back. Connor Sherry, if he goes to Buffalo and gets either 40 points or 20 goals, it goes from a fourth to a third-round pick. That's conceivable, right? Especially if he plays with Jack Eichel? Okay. Well, what if he doesn't? There's still one way for it to bump up around for Pittsburgh. It's if Matt Hunwick goes to Buffalo and they manage to trade him. So, like, how does that make you feel if you're Matt Hunwick? It helps my former team if my new team (laughs) gets me me the hell out of here as soon as possible. Like that's just got to be an ego blow, doesn't it? For sure. Yeah. I when I saw that aspect of the trade, I wondered if that would have been able to have been achieved with any other GM but Botterill. Because of the relationship, yeah, it might be. Look, if we get any asset back in return, if we get one more guy into the system, so be it. And if I get Connor Sheary for giving away one of those assets, and then Hunwick basically turns into getting one more flyer, great. Um, and they are in need of a left wing. And they're getting him for a song. They're getting him for a fourth-round pick, uh, a 20-goal guy that can play with Jack Eichel. So is it a little bit of a favor? Yeah, but not too much, uh, given their situation. Here's general manager Jim Rutherford talking about the trade. Well, he was part of our cup team. You know, he, he was here for two Stanley Cups. He's a good player. Um, this is just part of the system now, you know, with the cap system. It uh, makes it hard to keep all the players. And if you're going to free up cap space, these are the kind of things you have to do. That was, uh, I believe that was during the prospect mini camp that was taking place up in Cranberry with the assembled media. Here's a little bit more from the general manager. We do have uh, 
a lot of good NHL wingers, and so we could afford to move somebody out, and that was part of this deal. Yeah, now the question becomes, do they try to get another one? A lot of people are talking about Michael Grabner potentially coming to Pittsburgh. He's an even faster, more skilled version of Carl Hagelin, but Carl Hagelin may have to go out to do it, and they are right up against the number. If you do the math between what happened yesterday and them retaining Riley Shane at $2.1 million, they sent out 5.25 to Buffalo. Between Rust and Shea, they're now at 5.6, I believe, between those two guys. So, you know, there's $400,000 difference that they've added to it. they still got to get Alexiak done. If it's like the Shea deal, and almost what he was last year, I bet you Alexiak gets somewhere between 1.5 and 2. Maybe he gets about a half-million-dollar raise. And uh, they're getting perilously close to right at the cap number again. They're going to have to make another deal if they want to bring somebody else in. If you throw Jack Johnson on top of it, He's coming from Columbus, it appears, for about $3 million. We'll get the numbers from Jason Mackey in just a little bit. But um, that does help the blue line, and it's only about a million-dollar differential between what was Matt Hunwick's price and now what Jack Johnson's right. will be. So uh, we've talked a lot about how he and Sidney Crosby are good friends and go back a long way to Shattuck St. Mary's. I found this old video clip. These are all posted at Trib Live if you want to see them. I put these videos together of Johnson and Sidney Crosby leading up to the draft when they were both selected in the same draft in 2005. Here's Johnson saying, we weren't always friends when we first started at Shattuck St. Mary's. We were, we were on opposing teams in tryouts, and we were, we were going at it a few days in tryouts, not even knowing each other's names, but we kind of you know, had it out for each other the first couple of days. And took a couple of runs at him. He took a couple of runs at me. I didn't realize how big of a guy he is. I mean, he is a house. Big yeah, he's fella. A big yeah, dude. He is like like a chiseled, like not quite Saquon Barkley, but he is put together. And uh, I think he'll help on the blue line. I think it'll be an upgrade for Matt Hunwick and not too much more of a cost. Brian Rust will cost more, $3.5 million. He was on with Mark Madden yesterday down the hall at 105.9 The X and talks about the pros and cons of his uh, contractual situation in the negotiation process. Yeah, uh, I guess the one major con was the uh, you don't get to um – develop uh, that chemistry over time with with certain line mates because there's guys who uh, stay together for kind of months on end or they're basically together, together the entire season and uh, I'm I'm usually bouncing around right to left but in uh, in terms of good things I know it's um, I know the uh, the coaches like to have me around just to uh, kind of just to have more options I guess and it um, allows me to fill whatever role that I need to uh, fill. All right, so that's actually more of the pros and cons of going back and forth with his line mates. And that is something to watch with him. Now that Sherry is out, too, they just take him and move him over to the left side all the time because mm-hmm. they're so stacked at right wing and they want to get Daniel Sprong in the mix, too. That's a possibility. So we'll see how that shakes out now that Sherry is in Buffalo. Uh, Pirates last night, they beat the Mets. Final score in this one was 5-3. to three. They were down 3 to nothing in the 8th. Big comeback for the Bucks once they got the starter, Zach Wheeler, out, who was mowing them down. They really got after the bullpen. Uh, Clint Hurdle talking after the game. Guys don't take the game for granted. They want to play. They, they don't like losing. You keep showing up. It doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter where you are. This one very easily could have gotten away from us. It could have been another series loss. Um, and they found a way to, to, to put a foot down and make something really positive happen. Up next, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in San Diego. And from the Steelers, as the Steelers turn... Every piece of news that comes out about the football team around here comes through Instagram, Snapchats, Twitter, what have you. Le'Veon Bell posting on Instagram a, what do you call that, the pondering emoji, the thinking emoji Mm -hmm. with his hand on his chin. Hmm. And he's looking up at the word optimistic, and it's Bell in a black and gold Steelers jersey. 
Second time within a week, he's hinted that something's coming about his contract. That might be the name of his new rap album. We don't know. Yeah, Adisa Bakari, by the way, is the name of his agent. You asked about that yeah. last hour. And, and he doesn't have a lot I, of I don't other know. clients. Yeah, I don't think he has a lot of other clients, and I don't know if it's like a Jerry Maguire thing. And I guess Lev is his Rod Tidwell, I don't if you will. Know. <laughs> Show me the money! Thanks, Tim. Val's yep. got news top of the hour. Uh, if you hover over a toilet seat, it's worse than actually just sitting on it. We'll I talk told about you. That up. What? Uh, when we come back, Jason Mackey from Still the Post Gazette breaking down the Penguins' mood. It is the DVE Morning Show, and joining us right now from the Post Gazette, it is our friend Jason Mackey. Jason, good morning. How are you, man? Good morning. Thanks for having me. Doing great, guys. All right, brother. Congrats well, on breaking that story yesterday. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. I mean, that was a big story for you to break. Huge. Oh, <laughs> uh, what are what are you guys talking about? The uh, the Jack Johnson. Jack stuff. Johnson. You oh, broke yeah. the story clearly. Yeah, that's what we heard. <laughs> is Madden listening right now? I didn't say that. I he is now. No. Mark. No. <laughs> oh, did, is uh, Mark Madden broke the story? Yeah. Oh. oh, I hadn't heard that. I I I, I thought it was Jason Mackey. From the Post Gazette, who broke the story? No, I, I had heard about it early in the morning, honestly. And the, the guy that's been kind of you know helping me with some of this uh, Jack Johnson stuff I've been writing said, like, you know, you don't, you can't write it now, um, but you know, we'll, we'll get back to you when you can. We'll let you break it. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And then Madden, like out of left field, had it. But I don't, I don't doubt Mark. He gets he gets stuff. So. Oh yeah, Mark gets the big scoops, not just in <laughs> sports news. Uh, so. Here's the, the question I have for you, Jason. Is the impact of the Jack Johnson move? Uh, is this more of like, uh, are people uh, uh, looking at this like, hey, here's a big name? But what actual impact, what can he do for the team? Because, you know, Benzie was saying this morning, like, hey, if this guy is, uh, you know, on the bottom pair, then, you know, fine, great. But if you're counting on him to be more than that, well, maybe we're overshooting a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people are overly down on this move. And I guess I understand why, given the season he had last year and how things came apart in Columbus. But I, I'm, I'm just not. You know, if he comes in at three and a quarter, which is what I, I believe he's going to make, and I don't think they're going to play him on the third pair. I think at least sort of what they've told him is potentially playing with Schultz in top four minutes. Um, I know Penguins oh. fans would probably freak out about that too. But I think they look at this kind of like Alexiak and Schultz I, I hear that, and I think to, I, I think his phone broke up there. Yeah, I did. Sorry about that, Jason. I, I heard that, and the first thing that went through my mind is that's just that's too much. Uh, I just want to see him be better than Hunwick, and if that helps them delineate the minutes from Latang to Schultz to him, if it's just a few less minutes for Latang, and Jack Johnson can eat that up and be more efficient at it than Hunwick, even for the price that they're giving. I'm not that concerned about the numbers, and I don't know what you figured out about the specific numbers, but if it's even three to three and a half by the end of that contract, if it's a million dollars more than Matt Hunwick, I'm okay with that because that's not going to be that much in 2023. Like People are talking about this as an albatross. It won't be that by then with the cap continuing to go up. I'm with you, Tim. I'm with you. and I, Again, I don't have a problem with the signing for a lot of reasons. Um, I don't think Sidney Crosby, you know, the Penguins didn't go get Sidney Crosby because like, or go get Jack Johnson because Sidney Crosby said so. But like, if Sid weighs in and says, hey, Jim, I think it's a really good idea if we get this guy. Like, doesn't he deserve to have his voice listened to? And the Penguins have done a great job rehabbing defensemen. If, if the cost is reasonable, which I think this is and what we're talking about, 
I don't see why they don't get the benefit of the doubt that they can bring this guy in and find a useful way to deploy him, and I, I don't think it's that hard to do. Well, is it even is it even really like Sidney Crosby chasing the ghost of Jack Johnson, or is it actually Jim Rutherford? I mean, people keep putting this on Sid, like Sid said he's got to. The go reason to- is because it's been over three GMs. Like he's been, you know, we've been hearing about Jack Johnson since Sid got here. Oh uh, no, I know, but I'm saying like G- G- Jim Rutherford was the guy that actually drafted him and never got to have him as a player, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. so maybe Jim Rutherford is actually the guy that really wants him and gets a second crack at him at the, you know, the latter stages of his career. He was the one that got away. <laughs> now he wants to rekindle no. and see if the flame's still there. It may be if they start playing some Jack Johnson music. Who knows? Oh that no, not that. Night, please, no. Jim, but not that. No, it. it I think there's mutual interest all around here. You know, I think there's probably a little bit of that for Jim, and I think that another thing that Jim has wanted, and I can speak to this, is is sort of what Tim's talking about, but he wants a guy who, even if he's on the third pairing, is maybe a second-pairing capable defenseman, not to sound like Mike Tomlin or anything like that, but I mean, and that's what Jack Johnson is. You know, he's he's probably a a a two-and-a-half-pairing defenseman, and if the Penguins can get the most out of him, cool. You know, and, and theoretically, he's going to be motivated to come in here and play for a good team, new situation, play with Sid. Uh, I think they're they're very eager to look at this with a fresh set of eyes, as is Jack John. All right, so does this preclude them now from going out and getting Grabner or somebody like that? No, I don't think it precludes them from getting Grabner. Um, I think the, the thing that could preclude them from getting Grabner is just Grabner getting an obscene amount of money. Um, I don't think the Penguins are going to commit to a lot of years with a high cap hit for Grabner. I mean, they might go, you know, two, maybe three, and they probably have like two and some change to spend. And I got a feeling somebody's going to throw more than that at Grabner. Um, I know they've checked on him, but they're checking on a lot of guys. Um, I, I, I do think, guys, I can say this with pretty good confidence that the Penguins will do something else. I don't think Kunitz is going to be a fit for them last night, as I wrote, but. I do think they want to add an additional forward into the mix, somebody to bolster their bottom six, and I think they're trying to figure out who that guy is. And you don't think Kunitz is uh, going to be part of that because? Because I think going into this, I think Kunitz and his agent thought that he wasn't going to have a lot of offers or interest. They thought kind of it was going to be Tampa or Pittsburgh, and then Tampa pulled out, and they're like, all right, yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh, let's go. They'll want me. And they did. It's just Pittsburgh kind of, you know, probably only around a year and a million. And then this week, They've gotten a lot of stuff, a lot of offers, like decent roles, and Pittsburgh kind of won't budge um, for understandable reasons, but it just seems like Kunitz can get more elsewhere. What's Alexiak going to get, and when it comes to Riley Sheehan, why did he settle for basically the same amount of money that he got last year? Yeah, Tim, I'm not totally sure why Sheehan settled for, for what he got, and unless he's thinking you know, the Penguins don't necessarily have it right now to pay him, or a deal wasn't going to work out right now to pay him, and it's Prove it here. The catch in a little bit with the deployment. Um, Jamie Alexiak's probably going to come in under, I would say, between like 1.5 and 2. Um, and that's sort of where I have that pegged. It's gonna, it should be less than. Sh- yeah, I think they got a little I, bit. I, I was surprised with. All right, we're losing you. We're losing you. I don't want to lose you again. <laughs> I think, right. I think 1.5 yeah. and 2 no, for Alexiak is probably pretty good if they got Shane where they got Shane. Like that that allows them to be comfortable with whatever if it's an even if it's an arbitration ruling since they got Shane to stay for what he had last year. Mm-hmm. That'll be okay. Hey Jason, we're going to let you go. Thanks man. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks guys. All Take right. Care. Yeah, the connection kind of broke up there at the end. All right. Stan Saver next hour. Val has your news.
when we come back from this commercial break. Valerie, what do you got? We are going to talk about how hovering over a toilet seat is worse than actually sitting on it. Bad for you. Told that to that Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher. (laughs) Wish you would have told me that just two minutes ago. It's 70 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by the new PPG Science Pavilion at Carnegie Science Center, built to inspire. No. The demise of newspapers continues. Officials with the Post-Gazette say they are cutting their printing schedule down to just five days a week. Representatives did not say what days would be eliminated. Officials say that will come in late August. Tuesdays and Saturdays. Why? I don't know. I just guessed. I was guessing that yesterday. No. I hope not weekends. Well, it wouldn't be Sunday. It's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge one. I don't know. Right, Rick? No, I'm not doing it. You can't just call it... Can't pull the Johnny Meyer. What would it sound like? Uh, nearly a third of U.S. voters think sure the nation may experience civil war in the next five years. Oh, good. So that breaks down to around 37% of Democrats and 32% of Republicans. More than half think a civil war is unlikely, but nearly 60% think President Trump's policies could lead to violence. It was a similar number who thought the same thing, though, back uh, during President Obama's first term in office. I wonder what Rick Seaback thinks. Not doing it. I don't know if you guys uh, do this, but women do uh, hover over a public toilet. No, we don't have to. Yeah. We hover over every every toilet. Uh, I mean, I think it's really weird to hover over a toilet that somebody's on. Uh, if you're going to deuce, though, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know. You hover to do that? No, I don't. I was going to say, that'd be tricky. No, but that would be a situation where a guy could, but... Most people, first of all, how do you do? Drop or treat? Drop or treat? I mean, what? How do you do that? I don't. Well, I'm according just saying, to one doctor one in England, uh, hovering might be worse for your health than just plopping down on the seat. The doctor says that when you hover, it makes the muscles in your abs, your back, and your legs and your pelvic area really tense. So that makes it harder for you to go. So you have to push. And if you do that enough, you could end up with a hernia. Plus, it might mean you don't empty your bladder. That could lead to urinary tract infections. But if you just sit on the toilet seat, the doctor says it's pretty unlikely you're going to catch anything. If you are going to catch an intestinal disease, it's probably going to be from little particles of feces on your hands. And then if you don't wash your hands, then you ingest it. Feces was a bad name for what it is. It sounds too cute. Yeah. Feces, pieces. Right. Feces. Sounds Fe- like. Feces. Uh-huh. Yeah. It needs to be um, a more hard of a leg. Oh, poo particles? Yeah, right. They oh, say if your butt cheeks or the back of your thighs touch a public toilet seat, odds are you won't get sick. Told you. I think people aren't worried about getting intestinal diseases from toilet seats. If they just think it's gross to sit on somebody else's pee. Well, no, you 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 uh, you do the old wiperoo, and then you use one of those uh, toilet seat condoms they have there. Well, they don't always have the toilet seat condoms. Sometimes yeah. well, you have to you create the, the you have to do the log cabin with toilet paper. Yeah, that's correct. Two on the side, one in the front. <laughs> Little teepee. Log cabin. Would you take a taxi if it allowed you to pay with song? Like what, you'd sing? Yes. There's something in Finland called the sing-along shuttle. The taxi only accepts singing as payments. They're all electric cars, so I think really it's just a promotion to get get people in electric cars to see what they're like. Who do they make drive with that? Prisoner? (laughs) (laughs) You're sentenced to three weeks in the singing taxi. 
We had, I don't know if you did this one year, we, we do stuff for O'Keefe's every year at, before a Steeler game, mm-hmm. and they always have like this carpool karaoke little car, but I'm not James Corden, and no one else wants to sing. <laughs> so it just like, it was just uncomfortable, because nobody's trying to get in a car and uh, and hit the high notes. Uh, if yeah, they I, are, I, it's, not, it's not great. I have never watched a carpool karaoke. Don't well, think you, I have you, you have to see the one with Paul McCartney. It's it's probably the best thing I've seen Paul McCartney do. It just in terms of like they go back to London. He goes to Liverpool, right? Yeah, I he may goes watch to that all one. his old spots. He goes to his old barber. He goes to Penny Lane. Like he's it's it's Isn't that pretty, a hooker? It's pretty amazing, huh? I don't. No. Uh, I don't know. There was another one that everyone's like, "You have to watch it," and I didn't watch it, and everything's okay. <laughs> but it's I will. I will okay. go back and watch this no, one. I don't hate J- uh, James Corden. I don't get anything just against him. Don't watch it. It's just uh, yeah. That I don't know. That one's good though. Okay. Uh, here's another gluttonous food item for you. It, it it'll start your day. It also might end it. Uh, cafe in England has designed a meal to help customers. Grab the day with gusto. It's a 19-piece Big Daddy breakfast. Includes three slices of bacon, five sausage links, three hash browns, two fried eggs, two slices of fried bread, which I'm guessing is their toast, two half tomatoes, baked beans, and sliced mushrooms. Okay. That's the part where I'm going to get off at the the exit just before that. (laughs) The baked beans, the tomatoes, and the mushrooms. I'm, yeah, I'm that's uh, I guess an English thing, but I don't know. I don't know what it would be here. More meat. Yeah, baked beans. Very English. They love the baked beans in the morning. Yeah, with eggs. Jeez, I mean, you're setting it up to hover all day. That's true. <laughs> uh, Sammy Hagar says Van Halen missed the boat by not marking the 40th anniversary of the release of their first album and uh, that happened back in February sorry Val there you go that's the time it should have been the Sam and Dave reunion tour with Ed Alex and Mikey that's what it should have been you know do an hour with the diamond do an hour with me we could go back and forth two songs two songs two songs two songs I could come on the stage left he could come on stage right so we don't have to run into each other I don't care you know just give the people a great great show like that but that ship has sailed so obviously that ain't gonna happen uh Sammy even took it one step further he said he reached out to David Lee Roth for uh his Sammy's high tide beach party and car show that's coming up in October in Huntington Beach we invited Roth, offered to hire Roth to come and jam with my band at the festival. And know what his guy said? Sounds interesting. We'll run it past Dave. Then radio silence. <laughs> yeah. Well, Eddie would kill him if he did that. Well, you know, what are they doing nothing now anyway? So Are they going to go back out? I, I haven't heard anything. <sighs> Can Dave bring his dogs? Can Dave not get smacked in the face? Or, or, <laughs> or smack himself in smack the face? Smack himself in the face? Sammy told Eddie Trunk he also reached out to Alex Van Halen last month for Alex's 65th birthday, and he got nothing back from him. He said, I sent a nice text and an email and a phone message saying, hey, Sammy here. Missed you, buddy. Hope you're doing good. Happy birthday. If you ever want to get together and talk, be buddies, be friends, here's my email, my text, uh, here's my house phone number. 
And uh, he said he got nothing. He asked how Eddie was doing, and uh, no response from anybody. Uh, maybe nobody likes you. But he ends, uh, he is still <laughs> working with Michael Anthony in their band, The Circle, which also has Jason Bonham in it. Um, so, Bunch of jerks. They're keeping busy. It pissed me off when he was in, uh, what was it, Chicken? Chicken Foot. Chicken Foot, Satriani, Chad Smith, Michael Anthony, Sammy Hagar. They were playing like small theater type shows, 2,000 people. And Sammy Hagar, who has more money than God, said, what's the point of doing this if we're only playing these small shows or something to that extent? Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember him making some comment and you being pissed off about it. Yeah, because he was. you have a killer band and you're playing in front of crowds that 99.9% of musicians would kill for. And he was like, yeah, what's the point? It's only a few thousand people. Like, you don't have to play the Enormal Dome every time, Red Rocker. Right. <laughs> Sammy, people still coming to see you. That's right. He doesn't care about that. There was he a just... funny, uh, you, you know that uh, one satirical site, The Hard Times, which is like the onion for rock and roll, mm-hmm. basically. And they had a picture of Sammy Hagar in a lab, and the headline was, Hagar finds another way to rock. <laughs> <laughs> it's like him pouring like chemicals into beakers and stuff. Forecast today should clear up later on. Uh, temperatures only in the upper 70s. Then the heat comes in tomorrow, going to be in the 90s. Uh, heat end- index is near 100 over the weekend. Uh, so going to be hot and sticky. It's 72 now at DVE. So with the news of Jack Johnson likely to join the Penguins, that has uh, brought on a slew of super annoying Jack Johnson jokes, uh, who's an artist that I found annoying a few years ago and, and uh, tried to explain why. Here's a little secret about Jack Johnson. All his songs seem to start out just like this He keeps his voice real soft, can't barely understand a word Then plays the same chords as in the last three songs you heard Here's a little secret about Jack Johnson He's gonna bend this guitar note And sing along with it then he'll start to play the bridge, but it won't last that long Before he gets back to the chorus that he plays in every song Now, this is the part where he picks up the pace It ain't quite rap, but injects a little race Pick up the bongos, start keeping the beat And make you think of surfer girls tapping their dirty feet The drums kick in, and he's in full swing Then he stops writing lyrics, and makes up things to sing he does. He stops writing lyrics and makes up things to sing. Like yada yada yada. Yabba dabba dabba do. Then the breakdown comes and your head starts to bop. You almost forget you're listening to wussy rock. You pretend to love it, put the ringtone on your cell. So every time you get a call, the bitch, you start to yell. Hubba hubba hubba. Buddy, Sorry if I raise my voice too loud I promise to lower it from now on And here's a little secret about Jack Johnson All his songs seem to have an ending like this He slows it down a bit 
like it ain't even rehearsed and talks a bit more urban sells a million records man i wish that i thought of it first scooby-doo where are you i mean maybe it was a little harsh he was really good at uh farm aid i liked him a lot more than i thought i was gonna i'm like oh here comes jack johnson and then he was good he was really good and the band was awesome I think I just got sick of hearing that stuff. When he first came out, it was like you oh. could not go anywhere without hearing it. Serena had one song on her phone of his. Bubble Toes. And it was <laughs> the default song that played every single time her oh, Bluetooth connected it to yeah. the car. <laughs> it was the most annoying. Anytime we'd go anywhere. <laughs> Here comes Jack Johnson. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. So, Sean Casey... Uh, told this this story recently Pearl Jam is playing in Italy and one of his co-workers at MLB TV goes to see the show and takes a huge blow up head of Sean Casey like a big fat head type thing you know one of those huge heads uh, and is sitting stage right right in front of uh, Mike McCready where Eddie Vedder can see it and Eddie who is you know good buddies with Sean is like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> There's video footage of him actually discovering the head. Yeah, so he calls somebody out with a cell phone, and then it started, he, I think he was singing Animal, and he's pointing out the Casey head as he's singing, and the crowd's going crazy. And then, of course, he stopped to address the situation to the crowd of Italians, who has no idea who Sean Casey is. <laughs> the mayor! Hey, Sean Casey! The mayor! <laughs> the mayor! Hey! He got him to chant Sean Casey's name. <laughs> they had no idea who it was. Uh, Only Casey. Only Casey. Only Casey. He's the a legend. Just a sideshow. DVE. Calm. DVE Sports. All right, Pursuta is out, and Tim Benz filling in with a sports update for you now on the DVE Morning Show. Tim, what's going on? It's brought to you by BobbyRayhall.com. A lot going on with the Penguins yesterday. We'll see what happens moving forward, as the head coach likes moving to say. Forward. Uh, that'll happen after July 1 on Sunday. They can't really announce anything specific, but word is they've gotten themselves a defenseman in Jack Johnson, formerly of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Longtime friend of Sidney Crosby, going back to their Shattuck St. Mary's days. Shattuck. And um, those guys knew each other back in high school. And as we talked about, it's a relationship that started off more than anything with baseball as opposed to hockey. They were combatants on the hockey ice surface, but also forged a friendship because of a baseball brawl when they were kids. Sid got up to bat, and this guy, you know, threw right at his head, and you know, I was like, all right, I got up to bat, and he, you know, so I got pretty close to the plate, and, you know, trying to egg him on to do it. Dropped my bat, and I looked at Sid, and he knew what I was doing right away, and you know, caught the pitcher before he got the second base because he turned and ran, and Sid and I were both out there, and it was Sid and I versus everyone else, and before he knew it, Sid and I were the only ones standing, and our whole team was still on the bench, and their whole team was lying down in the outfield. I like that image in my head. It's sort of like that Family Guy episode where the kids lay waste to the entire school in the cafeteria. This <laughs> is Jack Johnson and Sidney Crosby standing there, and there's just this strewn out <laughs> right. little just leaguers bodies splayed out all over the outfield. <laughs> right. 
So we'll see how uh, Jack Johnson does here to replace Matt Hunwick. We heard from Jason Mackey last hour. If the money is somewhere between uh, what we saw for Hunwick and like $3 million, $3.5 million, I think it's a worthwhile move even though he's locked up for a fair amount of term. I don't think they're going to be able to beat up a whole hockey team, though. Probably Baseball's not. Baseball's a little different. Uh, Jonathan Bombuli, the Trib, just posted something before I came in here that might be interesting. A couple names to keep an eye on for free agency. Uh, Tobias Ryder. Uh, left winger, uh, he's been between 12 and 16 goals each the last four seasons. Uh, also, Anthony Duclair, he was um, unsigned or was not tendered as a restricted free agent. That's a guy they might be interested in. Yannick Hansen, 22 goals in Vancouver. And Kyle Brodziak, who's 34, but also could play a center role and replace, say, like that Josh Joris role that they had late in the season. So a mm-hmm. couple names just to keep in the back of your head if they're going to round out the forwards. Uh, as for Brian Rust, he is staying for $3.5 million for the next four years. He was on with Mark Madden yesterday down the hall at 105.9 The X. Yeah, um, it was a fairly smooth process. Um, we kind of just um, we uh, said what our side wanted, they said what their side wanted, and we came to a conclusion, and it all happened fairly quickly. And they wanted me to be around for a while, and I wanted to be for a while. So um, it was it was a good fit. So then you've got uh, Connor Sherry and Hunwick going to Buffalo in exchange for a third-round pick if Sherry gets himself 20 goals or 40 points or they're able to move Hunwick and his salary again. That doesn't happen. It's a fourth-round pick, but they don't care what they got in return. They're just happy that they moved the salary cap space. As for the Pirates, uh, they went on to play the Mets last night and split their first two games at Citibank Field, and then they ended up winning last night by a final score of 5-3. to three. David Fries with the game-winning hit. Freeze and company part of a five-run outburst over the last two innings after trailing three to nothing against New York, and they came back late. Yeah, it's all—it's mostly all mental now. Um, you know, if you're healthy, but you know, just having a good approach, trying to not slap one right at the shortstop um, so they can roll it up. But you know, I was lucky enough to get under it and, and get it in the outfield. Up next, it's a weekend series in San Diego against the Padres. Steelers news. Keep an eye on Le'Veon Bell's social media accounts as he's leaking out information suggesting that they might be getting closer to some sort of deal, uh, signing a contract extension as opposed to playing on the franchise tag. Yesterday was a picture of him in a Steelers uniform with the thoughtful emoji and the word optimistic. Le'Veon had stayed away from posting any images of himself in a Steelers uniform throughout the offseason. And then uh, lastly, I want to get back to baseball. Bill, this is for you since you missed it yesterday, and uh, you were looking for your opportunity to use the facilities down the mm-hmm. hall. Just uh, I hope you avoided an Archie Bradley situation, the relief pitcher from the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I run in our bathroom real quick. I'm ready to go, and I'm trying to pee, and I actually my pants. Oh. Like right before I'm about to go in the game, I pooped my pants. Okay. And Everybody I'm like, oh, my gosh, dance. like, I know I'm a pitcher away from going in the game, so I'm scrambling to clean myself up. <laughs> I get it cleaned up the best I can, button my pants up, and our bullpen coach, Mike Ferris, said, hey, you're in the game. So I'm jogging into the game to pitch with poop in my pants. As he went on to describe, <laughs> in the full home whites of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, now, I don't know if you've ever had an issue like that, about to go um, on stage. and like, No, no, never, never in that way, no. Forget the radio. There's three other people here that can yeah. handle it, but I don't know if in the middle of your set you just had to take time out or anything to that effect. No, no, never never had to happen like that, but uh, I don't risk it a lot. 
I'm, I'm, uh, I play it safe. Plan ahead? Because a number one can turn into a number two real quick. <laughs> that's, that's the problem he had. He had the nervous yeah. peas, and look what happened. Yeah. So that was uh, Archie Bradley on the MLB podcast on Yahoo. Where he, uh, not kidding when he said this at the end. Somehow I managed to have a clean inning. That was the way he described it. That's why I sit down to pee now. Just never know. <laughs> and that's sports. Tim Ben's filling like in for uh, Mike Pursuta this morning. <laughs> we, uh, we had Rich Robinson on the show yesterday, and Tim and I were talking off air. But what a great album Amorica is. Oh, yeah. So let's throw a little Black Crows Amorica on for you. Wiser time. It's the DVE Morning Show. Stan Sabrin will be in shortly. 102.5 DVE. Wiser time from Amorica. Black Crows on DVE. Rick Seaback was in earlier. Tonight will be the fourth in his uh, Nebby series, the fourth show. And it'll be the Pittsburgh Vintage Mixer that he profiles. Next time there's a Nebby, though, the next episode is going to be the deleted scenes from Kennywood uh, memories. Deleted the, scenes. The legendary Kennywood memories documentary from, was it 1988? Yep. And 88 or 89. Now, of course, we privied you to some of those deleted scenes last year. Next. Gino oils the tracks of the Thunderbolt by hanging over the front of the roller coaster while it's moving, which can also be dangerous. Like this morning, when Gino falls forward and gets run over by the Thunderbolt's car. You alright, Gino? Yeah. You sure you're alright? Yeah. Next. Gino tests the laser loop to make sure the steel coaster's speed is fast enough to make it around the loop. This morning, however, Brian has set the speed too slow for Gino's test run, and he falls out of the loop's peak of 60 feet. (laughs) You alright, Gino? Yeah. You sure you're alright? Yeah. After an ice pack and a few Tylenol, Brian and Gino test the safety and speed of the bumper cars. Gino walks out onto the track to make sure the surface isn't too slippery. And Brian repeatedly rams him in the knees into the wall with a bumper car. You alright, Gino? Yeah. You sure you're alright? Yeah. Next, Gino puts on the Kenny the Kangaroo outfit, and Brian hits him repeatedly with a sledgehammer. (laughs) You alright, Gino? Yeah. Sure you're all right. Yeah. Then Brian drags Gino from the back of Kennywood's famous train. You all right, Gino? Yeah. You sure you're all right? Uh, yeah. And finally, Brian dips Gino's head into the boiling hot fryers of the potato patch. You all right, Gino? Yeah. You sure you're all right? Yeah. Can we switch places tomorrow? It's the DVE Morning Show, and Stan, the man, Savern, joining us right now. And uh, good to see you. How are you? Hello, everyone. How are you? Uh, doing fantastic, Stan. Stan. Our eyes are glued on the TV screen right now. Winnie Cooper. Danica yeah, McKellar. Patrick. She's, no, not Danica Patrick. Oh, Danica McKellar. Danica Patrick's doing pretty well Pretty well, too. She's they look retired. similar, too. Think I'll, I'll take Winnie. Yeah, Winnie Maybe Cooper. Maybe that's just the nostalgic feel for me, but. It's a great show. The Wonder Years. Yeah. It was awesome. I got to get yelled at in real life by uh, Kevin Arnold's dad. 
I was there. It was one what? of the greatest things I yeah. ever saw. What happened? What'd you do? Uh, we were in. We were. <laughs> we had just little bit roles in uh, Steve Burns' TV show, and I had oh. one line. And I walk in this restaurant, and uh, I was maybe taking a little was too Sarah much. Huckabee Sanders there? <laughs> no. Oh, but I was t- I was taking a little too much time <laughs> to get my line out, and uh, he yelled at me. Bill walks out, and all he had to say was, is Well, good this... for him. He died of a heart attack on the show. He had it coming for yelling at you. <laughs> yeah. He said, Bill had to say, is this Sullivan and Son? And we started the scene. It was us walking into the bar. And Bill was doing the these pretzels are making me thirsty thing all day. <laughs> all day. This, He's like, is this Sullivan is this, and Son? Uh... <laughs> Just, I, I was asking for my motivation. I said, all, you know, why am I in this bar? Am I drinking because I'm happy or am I drinking because I'm sad? You got to get that line out. I'm doing I'm doing this so I won't get yelled at. So Bill walks out and he takes like two steps and just looks around and everybody, every other actor has walked past their marks, you know, because Bill was already supposed to have said the line to start the scene. And Caliendo was in that episode too and he was sitting at one of the tables in the bar and Gardell was in that episode too but he wasn't in the scene and <laughs> when bill waited he goes is this sullivan and he didn't even get that out and dan loria you gotta get that line out <laughs> and i mean i ran back out of the door and so and, did i and bill followed me and we were terrified for a second and then we saw steve Byrne come around the other side and he had tears in his eyes he was laughing so hard <laughs> and, and i mean i felt really scared for bill but also i laughed so hard. <laughs> it was a really weird moment for me. Because there was an he, audience there. He terrified me as a child because I was growing up watching that show, and he you was got always, verbally spanked. He was so scary in that show. Like if he ever got angry at Kevin, it was it was over. In his defense, this is a guy who has, is a Broadway actor. He is classically yeah, that's, trained. That's Vince Lombardi, you know, and he's got to work with a couple of schlub. <laughs> <laughs> Half wits from Pittsburgh because Steve knows them. We have no business being a part of this. And this is this Speak guy's craft that he takes chops. serious. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Well, he couldn't host a morning show, so. Dan Loria, he probably could. He's a brilliant guy. Very nice. A betting show. Well, I got along with him great. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Stad, should you be excited as a Penguin fan right now? Absolutely. Uh, it's astounding to me that we'll see how it works out. But the way Rutherford is able to execute the plans that he's had for weeks, months, however long it's been, and this goes out. I mean, everybody understood what had to be done. The real mm-hmm. question was, could he do it? Mm-hmm. This was not a surprise. He was going to try to move those two uh, and and gain cap room. Could he do it? Who Would there be a taker? I mean, I always thought there would be for Sherry. I think we have a tendency to look at him only based on last year. That guy was a really good player and scored some really big goals for them, mm-hmm. inconsistent. And I think one of the things that Penguin fans get to is that we have been blessed with a plethora of riches in terms of goal scoring since 1984. There's mm-hmm. always been. Goals have never really, except for the series against Boston and the Rangers. Other than that, I mean, goal scoring just kind of comes naturally around here. Not every team has that. And if they can get a guy who, and I'm, I'm going to guess Sherry up there, especially if he plays with Eichel, will get between 20 and 25. 
There's value in that. Yeah, now they're rooting for Sherry because then you go up around on the compa- exactly. The compensation. Exactly, he scores twenty goals or gets forty. But or if Matt Hunwick gets traded, right? Which exactly. is hilarious. Yeah, that's the funniest part of the whole deal. I just, uh, you know, I just people tend to say, well, he can't play here. That doesn't mean he can't play anywhere. But I mean, the the bottom line here is is that this is what Rutherford had to do. The entire league knew what he had to do and what he wanted to do, and he does it anyway. And I've gotten some, you know, feedback from some people. Well, they should have gotten a higher draft pick. Oh. You don't get it. You don't... don't get it. If they would have got an eighth round draft pick, and there's only seven rounds in the draft, that would have been fine. <laughs> it's a cap dump. That's all that yeah, was. Yeah, this is if this is football. They're not trying to get anything back. They're just releasing them exactly. And they're and they're moving the money around. It's like letting go of uh, Stephen Ridley is how it would be treated if you were right. allowed to do it. The fact that they got this much back is fine for me. I'm just glad they found a taker. Yeah, if they would have got nothing in return. If they would have gotten, okay, Buffalo, free wings for everybody when the mm-hmm. Penguins visit, that's that's all that mattered. It didn't matter. Now, if it morphs into a third-round pick, you know, you can get a good player. But that's, that's not the point. Nah. The point is it gave him the maneuverability to do what he wanted to do, which was go out, get make sure Shan's taken care of, Alexiak's going to be taken care of, Jack Johnson, and still have money left over to perhaps bring in a Chris Kunitz or somebody mm-hmm. like that. Is is the common practice for, for a GM to operate this way? I mean, he's always very forthcoming in the moves that he wants to make. Do people just like to deal with him, or is that a league-wide thing? Well, there was a time when there was this narrative don't trade with Jim Rutherford. You'll end up getting screwed. Um, and, and and there was that same narrative about, you know, don't deal with the Patriots. He'll always come out on, on top. And I do think there was a narrative, and yet teams continue to deal with him. But Jim wasn't viewed that way because he was duplicitous. He was just good. Who, Belichick? No, Rutherford. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, no. I mean, only because he always seemed to get the better of the deal. Yeah. I think some general managers say, you know what? He always wins. I don't want to be on the losing end. I don't think Jason Bottle's on the losing end here at all. They're just in a different set of circumstances. Whenever you evaluate the trade, even if it's player for player, you have to understand the circumstances under which a player is joining that team. They're different for both teams. They both have different needs. Sherry's 26 years old. Buffalo has... Very little goal scoring, especially if they get rid of Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, 20 goals and uh, $3 million. That currency is completely different for Buffalo as it is in Pittsburgh. And There's they're an way under the cap. Rate. Yeah, exactly. And Hunwick gives them a veteran presence on defense and so on and so forth. Uh, so it made sense for both teams as far as I'm concerned. Here's the clip of Bill and I on Sullivan and Son. <laughs> yes! Forget what I just said. Wow. We don't this really is, care. This is uh, the this was the final product. This made it Randy's into the Randy's over program. there nodding his head when I'm talking about the Penguins. And, and he's messing he around. He's finding the clip. Is this Sullivan and Son? Yes, it is. Oh, sorry. We were looking for Lyle and Get out! <laughs> Yeah, there you go. That's see? it. They, is that quick? Yeah, wow. thank you. See how we what cut Randy off? Yeah, but yeah. see how I got the laugh. Uh, the uh, I set you up for that. Li- the, just the way Anyways. he yelled at me there at the end of it, that's how he yelled at Bill, but for real. But like for he real. was acting. Is this Sullivan and Son? Yes, it is. Oh, sorry. We were looking for Lyle and Get out. Yeah, he just <laughs> went after him. That was. Gotta get that line out. I didn't like the way he talked to you. 
I know you enjoy it when people talk to me like that, but I don't take any pride <laughs> in hearing somebody talk to you like Did that. Did he apologize later and say, Not at all. Uh-huh. You have to understand, it's not no. what we do, and we were, it was a little- He never looked at me again. It was a little nerve-wracking, and that was the second time we had done it. It was yeah. a little nerve-wracking to sit around all day. Yeah, it's like a nine-hour day. And you don't do anything but sit there and go, okay, uh, I don't want to screw it up. Because it's so easy to- people who know what they're doing. And there's an audience there who've been sitting for way too long also. Thankfully- Is this Sullivan and Son? Oh, dude. Is this Sullivan Sullivan and Son? The the question that I have for you guys (laughs) is, is this Sullivan and Son? (laughs) It's like, this line isn't funny. Steve, can we change this? I don't think my character would say this. You were exactly right what you said before. It was Loria being mad because it was Steve. Steve got Steve's friends in here. Steve oh, yes. brought his buddies in here. Douchebag DJs are acting. <laughs> I'm a Broadway oh, yeah. trained actor. Pandering to Pittsburgh again. Yeah, yes, exactly. Didn't we already do this once? Wasn't there another like radio? Frank and Heidi from Frank LA and Heidi. Uh, did uh, one of the scenes. I don't think with us. I think they had a separate show. Yeah, they, they did. And and speaking of Buffalo, actually, Ryan Miller was in the first one that we did. Yes, he was. Yeah, Ryan Miller the was goalie, in that episode. Yeah. yeah, he was. And God, is he a bad actor? He was a terrible actor. Yeah, he does not have a lot of personality. Him and Gardell. Yeah, Gardell was in both episodes with us. It was a lot of fun. And but Steve, Ryan Miller didn't get yelled at by Dan Laurie. <laughs> That's true. Uh, Stan, I have who that do you over ha- him. Who do you have on the show today, Stan? A lot of Aki today. Mark Madden will be joining me. Uh, Brian Metzer from the Penn's Radio Network will be joining me. And uh, guys back from his vacay, so it's standing guy one to two. Ask uh, Madden how he feels about Jason Mackey breaking that story about Jack Johnson. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I have some things to say there. Well, the Post-Gazette gave Madden credit. Did they really? Very oh, nice. On the paper today, yes, they did. Oh. The by the way, get ready for your five out of seven day Post Gazette paper. Yeah, I guess they're oh, not yeah. holding their nose up at the uh, trip as much anymore, are they? They're the same thing. I think I mean, eventually how, they'll be all online. And you know, I've always said, yeah. if I'm going to spill my coffee, I want it to be on the newspaper, not on a keyboard. <laughs> it's less expensive that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just throw the paper out. Very discouraging. The times, they are a changing. Uh, but don't change the station. Michelle will be up next with the electric lunch. Tomorrow on the show, we've got all the comics from the DVE Comedy Festival live in studio. Burt Kreischer will be here. Rory Scovel, Brad Williams, Sarah Tiana, all live in studio. It's going to be a blast. We're getting ready for this weekend. There are tickets still available for Saturday's Doug Loves Movies podcast and Burt's Burtcast live at the Rex Theater. If you want to be a part of day two of the DVE Comedy Festival, get your tickets now at DVE.com. Thanks to Jason Mackey. Thanks to Rick Seaback. And a big thanks to Tim Benz filling in for Mike Pursuta with your sports. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.